Welcome back to the Whispers from the Shadow podcast. I'm Super Jimmy. I'm Ms. Pleasure. Uh, we have a weird one today. It came up on the spot between the both of us. Uh, we're going to be a little like selfish in the sense on this episode. We're going to kind of like ex- like explain what made us the horror fans that we are like going from like as early as we can remember to like what made us enjoy it, whether it be real life or family time or whatever, like what made us like who we are today. Yeah, it, it's we kind of were just like going down memory lane and it just popped into my head and we were talking about it and we wanted to see how this fit with you guys. <laughs> yeah, we and we'll we'll offer the same question to you as always. Uh, what made you into the type of horror fan you are? What made you, you know, what made the wheels turn and you like the type of horror that you like? Yeah. And um it came up in conversation, but I'll kick I'll kick this I'll kick this one off since Ms. did the introduction. Um the earliest I can honestly remember, the first movie, horror movie I ever watched, and I told Ms. this was uh George was George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead. And it was with my grandpa, who he he primarily watches old school horror movies, uh, with Clint Eastwood, Johnny John Wayne, you know, like Tora 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 um pearl harbor band of brothers stuff like that and the one time that he actually was like let's watch something that i want to watch he was like what do you want to watch and i seen at the time on uh i can't remember what channel it was i think it was like tlc it was close to halloween and we saw night of the living dead and he's like oh this ain't too bad turns it on and the first thing we see is like the arms coming through the windows trying to grab the main the main protagonist and everything like that we're like oh okay so he goes and makes popcorn comes back out sits down with me and we're both just sitting on the couch just watching this movie and then he goes you better not have nightmares boy i say yes sir and then at the end of it it's time for me to go to bed i go and lay down and I have really bad night terrors. It scares the shit out of my grandma. It scares my mom because I'm sitting in my sleep. Just, ah, ah. <laughs> my grandpa comes in and all I, I get woken up to, God damn it, I told you not to have nightmares. <laughs> See, it's like those memories too. Because like uh, for me, my first horror movie that I really remember like seeing for the first time was uh, the Stephen King book film, uh, Thinner. And like, good one. I remember that tearing the, the shit out of me back then. Thing, mm-hmm. like six years old and then i my brother and sister started getting the vhs's of like friday the 13th from blockbuster and stuff like that nightmare on elm street uh Wishmaster, candy man and i grew up watching those because so you were the more. youngest of the siblings weren't you yeah i'm the youngest of three and it started that way and then i remember like shortly after like really seeing that first film back in 96 i would go over to my grandparents and my uncles would show me their favorite movies which are the old classic horror movies like movie monsters and what they grew up watching and so on and so forth like king kong godzilla i was there i was exposed to all of that and it like really made my love for the movie monsters specifically the best like that's why i love like a lot of body horror movies mm-hmm. is it brings it into like with the thing it's like monster movies like that and stuff i just i love it <laughs> it reminds me of family time and it reminds me of like how like drastically different like horror can be considered within short time <laughs> oh i i agree those those classic ones were, were some of the in my personal opinion some of the older movie monsters are some of my favorite ones to watch because that yeah. like like after after the whole night of the living dead fiasco my grandpa like he rented um what was it bram stoker's dracula from 
early early to mid 80s i think it was uh, with, it was like that or 92 with gary oldman yeah. and keanu reeves yeah right and then um right after that is when my grandpa got um this it was it, this was during vhs time of course you know early nine early to mid 90s and um he got like a little little vhs it was a two cassette box and it had 20 old school uh, 20 old school movies on it it had nosferatu um frankenstein frankenstein's monster bride of frankenstein a whole bunch of the olds and great ones and it even had some um oh what are their names so oh, the the comedy duo um abbott oh, costello God. dude yes abbott costello and it was them meets the money meets the mummy meets the wolf man meets the invisible man and i like it <laughs> I guess I mean Frankenstein is still like all time classic. I mean, even with like oh, comedy, so funny. how how much it's like really changed. Because I remember like it was like, hey, let's like spoof it without really spoofing it, like Abbott Costello, but they still stick true to like how the original monster movies are. Also, apologize mm-hmm. for the background noise. Um, no but it also is like seeing how parodies have happened for horror movies. Like you get your scary movies, which are like yes. fantastic, like parodies of a lot of movies in general. And then like you get other ones that are like um, Haunted House or um, like Ready or Not as like real as I could like in a sense be like it, it's just those like comedy changes like with it. Like it's still like more serious. Right. But you see that like overtly comedy or comic skits and it's great. I love it. <laughs> And, you know, uh, speaking about a uh, scary movie um, back when back when that was like a still like just the, the comedy gold of that era. My oh grandpa my rented it from Blockbuster on the request of my mom because my mom wanted to see it because it was uh, this was this was uh, right after In Living Color finally went off air, you know, and it mm. wasn't playing all the time on like BET or any of the other uh, channels. And my mom was like, oh, it's made by the Wayans brothers. I love the Wayans brothers. And uh, she wanted to rent it. And it got to the scene where uh, Cindy was having relations with her partner and he sticks her to the ceiling. And I'm like, what is he? What is she stuck to the ceiling with? My grandpa goes, it's fucking yogurt. It's yogurt. It's fucking yogurt. <laughs> Dude, I remember when that scene happened when I was younger, I was like, I don't get this. Like, what the yeah. fuck is this? And then as I got older, I was like, I can't believe I actually was able to watch that as a fucking kid. Right? Like, <laughs> my grandpa, like my grandpa, he he like he didn't panic about a whole lot, but he wanted me to worry about being a kid. But when like stuff like that happened, his reaction was just so funny. Oh, dude. It's so funny looking back at like what was considered like graphic, overtly sexual or violent scenes that like our parents would be like send our older siblings or like ask the the friend of a friend whose son was of age watching that like how scary is it, how bloody is it? Because I remember my mom uh, requesting my brother and sister go see Jurassic Park Lost World before I went to go see it uh. to make sure it was age appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like. I think I think the coolest the coolest thing about um, growing up for for me personally in the era that we did was when I finally turned 17 and I could like get me and three of my friends into an NC-17 movie because mm-hmm. I was the one buying the tickets. So I'd walk up with like all of our money and buy three tickets for the NC-17 
and they were like, like a fucking adult. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, uh, three movies for uh, the, the the Shining re, uh, remastered director's cut, please. And they're like, can I see some ID? And I'd be like, mm, sure, my good man. <laughs> <laughs> the guy would be like. Fake? This copy fake or something. Yeah, like always you, testing it. You do the corner trick where you like bend it. And it was real. It was a real state issued ID. And he was like, OK, so he hand me back my ID, hand me back my Regal Club card. Oh my God. And, and then hand me the tickets. And then I'd go back to the arcade, which is right across the way from the movie theater. And <laughs> I would hand my friends their tickets. And I'd be like, here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go. And then we'd go in, get, get our stuff at the concession. And then uh, we'd walk up to the guy who was... Uh, who would, who would tear the tickets in half on the little perforated edges. And <laughs> when I handed him mine, he was just like, cause I looked the youngest out of all my friends, but I was the oldest out of, uh, out of, out of some of us, minus my brother. My brother was a uh, year and six months older than me. So he didn't really get carded a whole lot, but, um, I would go through and my brother didn't watch scary movies, but my friends did. So I would go in and then my friends, he'd be kind of like, enjoy your movie. <laughs> Very skeptical here. Yeah. And then we would go in, watch the movie and leave. We wouldn't cause any problems. We wouldn't, you know, you know, do anything crazy. But it just like that was like my my crowning cool moment where I could buy games, movie tickets. I was going to say, I think that was one of my favorite things. Like, I think that's what really turned me more into a horror fan was, I think, when uh, a lot of big budget films were coming to theaters and I was in high school and it was like, I don't actually need my, my mom to go pick up these tickets for me. And like, mm-hmm. you know, like when final, the final destinations were still a thing going on, uh, the saw series and all, like being able to say, Hey, I'm going to go see this. The omen back in 06 was like the last one I really remember seeing uh, yeah. the remake um, and being like, that was back also when I went to just want to watch movies to watch movies. And I would say, yeah, it's good or it's bad. I didn't have like the complexity or looking at finer things. I was a better director <laughs> or the critique that I do on my, my shit now. Yeah. Uh, same. So I, I would just go see movies. And then, like I said, my brother like introduced me to like behind the scenes, uh, director commentaries. That's just, this is where my love for like James Wan and Lee Winnell come from is because yep. like saw was that first one. My brother's, I was 13 when that movie came out 13 or 12. And my brother yeah. was like, you would like this, but I don't think it's appropriate for you. And my brother would always like show me shit that I wasn't supposed to. So I was like, okay, if he's saying it's bad, <laughs> it's bad. And I was yeah. just like, well, what if you like, let me borrow the DVD. Cause he had already moved out and everything. And I was like, mm-hmm. would that be okay? And he goes, as long as I get it back. Okay. So I watched the movie and he was like, if you like the movie, watch the behind the scenes and everything. And so that's when I learned about like the movie being shot in like 16 days, uh, how much they actually fucking like effort and that, the, just the shit they went through is what makes me appreciate them as a first time director mm-hmm. and writer for the both of them being able to do that and create what they did it was like what made me fall in love with them and then once i started learning that like when i started turning 17 and 18 and going to see more of those horror movies it really solidified the like what am i looking for in horror movies that's where like my again my body horror like i really started yeah. looking back at older movies and appreciating them a lot more as opposed to in their time and like right seeing it as a kid like oh this is such from the 80s it's cheesy it's like there's so much <laughs> differences from like then and now and seeing that progression like especially now like i said i feel like horror movies are in a very very good spot right now a lot have been in the past five years i'd say outweighing the good over the bad there's been a lot yeah. of great ones that have come out like i honestly like i loved um 
I didn't know I like I've always kind of had a darker sense of humor. The military made it be it made it so much worse. But oh, yeah. um what I found really funny was um what was the name of that movie? It had uh had someone really had a really good actor in it. Um There Will Be Blood. There will be blood. Oh, um with um <clears throat> oh my god, why can't I remember the method actor's name? It's so Daniel Day Lewis. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Oh like, my god. <laughs> there's there's so much like dark comedy in that uh that movie specifically that just it cracks me up so so much because like the 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 scene where he's talking to his adoptive son and he's like mm-hmm. I take your milkshake and I drink it up. <laughs> And like that scene just cracks me up or the scene where the dude gets like he gets like squished by the oil refine like the oil pump or whatever it's like some of that shit and and, Dan- and daniel day lewis is just like walking by and he sees that and he's like oh that's unfortunate and just like keeps on and i'm just like <laughs> my wife is like what is wrong with you i was like oh this is nothing because um yeah. the, the dark side of humor is super super sensitive because i i there are sometimes i tell people like i have a dark sense of humor Mm-hmm. And then I, they're like, well, how dark is your humor and stuff? And then you tell them, like, insert one that you think is a safe dark joke. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's pretty fucked up. I laugh at that too. I was like, that's like being tame there. I have my shit's way worse. And then you tell them, like, one of your favorites or something like that. And they're yeah. like, that's morbid. I don't like it. It's like, okay, can't, can't be real with you. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta dial it back just a little bit. My, um, like, like I, I actually got thrown out of, uh, Texas like I, I didn't pay to go see this movie I won the tickets in like a raffle of some kind and I actually went to go see the remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre back in like 2009 was, was it that late I was like I think it was like seven or six anyway I, I know which one you're talking about yeah and um the scene where like the guy goes I think we're safe and then you just see the chainsaw just meow right up from the like from the crotch up to the head i was like oh no you're not <laughs> oh yeah it's so fucking good i think like uh the, the one i'm thinking of i think it's like oh four the thanks to chainsaw massacre that was like oh six or something like that i don't remember it was somewhere like yeah high school i was a t- uh, yeah same um there the scene that like very few movies like make me like wince from like pain because like you know if like we experience something similar like hey i've compound fractured my arm so every time i see like someone do that it's like oh yeah i know how that feels yeah. kind of thing uh like i always remember the scene where the dude gets his leg cut off by the fucking uh chainsaw and he drags him down to the basement puts him on the fish hook and just grabs a handful of salt and then just shoves it right on his leg oh. every time i'm just like oh it's like you can physically feel that because everyone has had like some type of gash or wound or something like that and just had like lemon juice or something that's not supposed to get into that wound get in that wound and just the burning oh my god you're sitting there just ah 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 i got a paper cut ah yeah and like honestly seeing that in movies now like seeing like those like more realistic like injuries it's just like ooh, yeah i love that like for me it's not um it's not so much the the sympathy. I, I, I would say sympathy pain. That'd be that'd be safe to call it that. Yeah. It's more. It's more so the um like the 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 more messed up stuff. Like where um I forget which movie it was, but like oh I I remember which one it was. It was uh one of the final destinations. I think it was either two or three, and the dude. Oh no, it was three where the dude's working out 
And he's like, dude, that's one of my favorite scenes. I fucking always freeze, like freeze frame that shit and go scene by scene because it's mm-hmm. I love seeing just <laughs> yeah, the, the weights just come down. He's ah, and no head. And everyone's like, oh, and I like, I remember seeing that for the first time because that I had the uh, I didn't see it in theaters. I had I had uh, my aunt had rented the interactive DVD from oh, Blockbuster. Yeah. And, oh my god i remember that i remember when those were a thing oh my god <laughs> and dude it was like the interactive dvd was just so good it was so funny he um uh because uh, on that one you could either choose for the toenail to like poke the guy in the eye which caused the swords to fall or something more messed up to happen i can't remember exactly what but i'm gonna buy that dvd again and rewatch it and choose the scenes differently because um there's a couple scenes that, that are different that aren't in either di- the director's cut or the theoretical cut that are only on that interactive DVD. And um, I wish, I honestly wish that it would make a comeback, like having like a choose your own story type of horror movie. That would be awesome. It would be. It would definitely be a very unique step, especially right now, because like I feel like not a lot of ground has been played with that. I remember when like mm-hmm. the interactive was like really big and just DVDs in general for like behind mm-hmm. the scenes or like lore, I guess you could say in senses. Yeah. But with when they did it with the horror movie genre, it just felt like you were playing a game. I was like, oh god, like it felt fun. It felt like how some of the uh telltale games became and so on and so forth, you know? Yep. And the um the 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 two deaths that stick out to me that were different that weren't in the director's cut or the theoretical cut because at one point in time I owned both the theoretical and the director's cut I lost those somewhere <laughs> but uh but um the 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 tanning bed scene there mm-hmm. was a third there was a third way that they died in the director's cut one girl actually makes it out of the tanning bed but then she gets electrocuted and the other girl gets set on fire. And then in the theoretical, the theoretical cut is where the shelf lands on the, both the lids and seals them in and then they can't get out and they both catch fire at the same time. But in the third one, they both get decapitated and I don't remember how. And I think I remember something like that. Um, oh, God, yeah, it's been years. But I was going to also say, too, is that like I, f- I just realized that like Final Destination has done like two very specific like life-altering things for a lot of people and the 3d well i was gonna say the the fucking um whatchamacallit the log truck oh yeah the log truck and then the tanning beds like i feel like ever since man like i've talked to a bunch of people like uh, around our age and a little bit younger that have seen those movies it's like you know uh you bring up like just random stuff and like what about the tanning beds and everyone's like no because of final destination i will never fucking go into a tanning bed (laughs) yeah like like the irrational fears that I had from Final Destination were like log trucks, barbed wire fences, friggin planes. To, to this day, I'm still scared to death of fucking planes. Like mm-hmm. I have to be drunk to fly. Like not not like falling over myself drunk, but I have to have drunk enough. Like, to like when once you sit down, it's like it's it's sleepy time. I'm going to sleep past this. Exactly. Like I'm sleeping through the safety briefing. I'm sleeping through the friggin' in-flight movie. I don't want any peanuts. No, thank you. I want or nothing no. to deal with it. Yeah. Or, yeah. They, they, they do pre- they do pretzels now. No peanuts because apparently, yeah. you know, allergies and all that fun stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I just pop my headphones on, put on my downloaded playlist and I'm out. But um, something else that actually gave, I, I didn't like 
my love for my love for horror movie actually my love for horror movies actually didn't just stem from my grandpa but it also stemmed from anime as well mm-hmm. because um there were there were a couple in the 90s and I, I Miz Miz will probably remember this and a few select others uh from specifically the west coast uh, uh of here in America where um we had like this 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 weird tester phase of Cartoon Network right before Adult Swim came out where they started showing anime um like kind of kind of late at night like around 9 10 11 and sometimes into midnight and then they had I can't remember the name of it, but like everybody was taking these uh, these pills and they would turn into these gigantic, grotesque monsters that didn't have any any like personality. They were just killing machines. That was their like their one job. And this one guy like overdosed on it to where he didn't transform back because after you took the pill, you were in that form for like an hour and then you transform back. Well, he just like took like a whole handful at once. And then the only thing that like I remember this scene very vividly. He was in he was chained up in like this kind of like jungle terrarium habitat that was contained in like this giant building that was just guarded. And his girlfriend walked in and started talking to him. And while she was talking to him, he like something in his mind clicks. He remembers her and he starts to calm down. And he puts his head on her chest and she just and I was like, I I want I want. I want more of that. And yeah. what ends up happening is uh, after watching that, I started going down this rabbit hole of horror related anime. And I stumble across this one gem that I've never seen in English. And I want to, because I want, I want me personally, I like dubbed because it's a more um, what's it called? Like there's more emotion in the voice to me personally. Yeah, I, I see that. I, I'm the advocator for both, honestly, because yeah. I feel like some anime is just much better in uh, dub. I feel like other animes are better in sub. Like, yeah, like I watched JoJo's in, in, in subbed. Yeah, same. Like I, I watched it in dub and I was like, I don't like it as much. I don't like it as much. <laughs> like I, I like both in their respect in their respective means. But like for me, I, I prefer I prefer that's one that I prefer in sub because the, the subtitles aren't super fast, like in mm-hmm. a lot of other other animes. But um, my my so far, my favorite horror anime to this day is called Another. And because yeah, you mentioned that a couple times, I do remember that. It's on Crunchyroll, and because of that anime, I have an irrational fear of umbrellas. <laughs> I remember it, that. It's so bad. Like it's it's so it, like it, it like the deaths in it are very gruesome, very detailed, and it's very visual, very very psychological in in the aspect of what is being told in the story. But at the same time, it's very Final Destination meets very. Uh, uh cabin fever okay and it's it's one of my it's it's one of my all-time favorite horror anime of all time and it's just high school kids being cursed quote unquote and then mysterious things happening to where they're dying in mysterious and unforeseen ways and you're just like that could have been prevented Yeah, no, I, I feel like that's also like my love from anime comes from specifically from Akira and how fucked up that movie looked. Oh, my how, God. Like, how messed up it is just in general. Like that oh, was my I very agree. like first introduction to the anime. And the moment I saw that immediately started learning what the fuck is anime started learning about like Dragon Ball Z, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon and all the like 90s and 2000s 
mm-hmm. ones that were like in the States popular. Yu Hakusho, uh, Inuyasha. And then, I love Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah, well, same. And then like going back and watching like or reading the mangas then also like in middle school and high school when it was, I guess, more age appropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like it <laughs> And then like to now we're like I've like been away from anime for, for so long, like, up until I'd say probably the past four years. And like now yeah. like seeing like some of the horror anime like Parasite, I'm like, I really miss this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like and it's throwing me back and I'm just like, I this is like the horror body dysmorphia, like body horror that I love on top of mm-hmm. being like that horror alien invasion horror movie and i'm like i'm on board with this <laughs> you you would you would really like terraformers because that's kind of like um kind of like a creature feature style uh anime where it's um they sent cockroaches to help terraform mars they evolved into these giant muscular humanoid cockroaches that are really hard to kill and then they give animal powers to uh forget how many people i think it's like a hundred people that are selected from earth based off of like certain criteria and stuff like that. And then they send them to Mars and it's just them fighting the, uh, the, the, the cockroaches. I think you'd really enjoy that. I'll have to give that a shot. Cause it definitely was giving me like starship troopers vibes. And I love that series as, cheesy yeah. and fucked as it is. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of starship troopers. If they took out the comedy of it, like I'm doing my part. <laughs> Would you like to know more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, that okay so that's another like i guess horror actiony thing that i can like yeah. really like equate to what i love so funny story my father took my brother and sister when they were i don't know like five and six uh, mm-hmm. to go see robocop because it looked like a superhero movie the way they showed the trailers <laughs> so my dad took to go see them or see that movie and He's like, he apparently told my, my brother and sister, he's like, hey, don't tell mom about all the blood that you saw and so on and so forth. And like, you know, she'll get really mad. And my mom asked my, my brother and sister, how was the movie? My brother immediately just goes, there's so much blood, mom. You should have seen this dude got shot up. It was so, and they just going off on the movie. And my, my, my dad got in a lot of trouble for that. Well, fast Oops. forward to 1999 when Starship Troopers is in theaters. My brother and sister are like, hey, this looks like a funny little haha kill bugs movie. Let's let's take him to go see it. So they take me to go see it. Obviously, Starship Troopers is not just, <laughs> hey, we're going to kill bugs. Obviously, <laughs> obviously. And it wasn't until years later that me and my brother were talking. I was like. Dude, remember how dad took you to go see that? And then you guys took me to see Starship Trooper. He's like, yeah, it's kind of fate. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, the director for RoboCop is also the director for Starship Troopers. <laughs> so I see. I didn't know that. Yeah. Peter, uh, Va- I can't remember his last name off the top of my head. But yeah, yeah it's the same director. And it's just the funniest thing that like a generational thing. It's like, hey, dad scarred my brother and sister with this movie. And it's like, hey, let's go take our brother to see this innocent movie that we didn't think was going to be with full of blood, dismemberment and nudity. <laughs> so much nudity in Starship Troopers. I, um, let's see. I think like my first kind of experience with that was honestly because um, I didn't the first movie I ever watched in theaters was Blade 2 like horror aspecty yeah like, like no i mean like in general like um oh. like yeah like we uh my like i never went to a theater prior to blade 2 um and my mom took me to go see that because i owned blade 1 on vhs and when we found out blade 2 was coming out 
we went and seen that same thing with blade three but um what was really funny is um the uh, the first experience i have with like watching something that wasn't supposed to be fucked up but it turned out to be fucked up was uh the second or third friday the 13th okay because um my my mom had watched the first one with jason's mom in the 80s you know because my mom was born in 74 so she saw that when she was a teenager so she thought that the one that she had watched was whichever one she was going to let me watch and then she just left the room like she just she just she just left the room so uh it gets parenting (laughs) i'm like this is this is of course after I watched uh, uh, Night of the Living Dead by George A. Romero, and um, I, I think I was pushing like eight, nine, maybe. And um, as I'm like sitting there in the living room watching the movie and everything like that, I see a woman just kind of pop up and just be naked, and I'm just like, uh, um, <laughs> my brain doesn't comprehend what's on the TV, and I'm like, this is this isn't this isn't scary. And <laughs> at this point in time, my grandma, she, she was born and give, give a backstory about my grandma. Everybody in uh, mine and Mrs. Community knows my, knows my grandma as Ninja Moonshine Granny. Cause she was born <laughs> in Kentucky during the great depression and her grand and my, my great, my great grandpa, her dad was a coal miner. So she, just old timey religious, you know, and she sees like right after the naked ladies off screen. So she doesn't freak out. And it's like one of the other camp counselors, he's getting ready to get, I think he stabbed with a pitchfork or, or stabbed by Jason's machete or something like that. And she goes, Are you enjoying the movie? Yes, ma'am. She goes, okay. Turns around, walks away. Dude gets stabbed and she hears him go, Oh, she decides to turn back around, come back and look, look around, just peek around the corner. Just like, and when she does that, the girl, the naked girl walks back on scene and I'm like, this movie suddenly isn't scary anymore. And she goes, nope, 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 nope. Walks up and pushes eject on it. Doesn't even rewind it, throws it back in the blockbuster case and back it went. I was like, I wanted to see, I wanted to see how, how, who, how did they beat the bad guy? <laughs> it doesn't comprehend when you're young but yeah no it's like that's like the one thing i think i so i like inherited from my parents i guess is like with my sons like honestly the violence and the fucking music and like curse words and stuff i don't shelter them from that shit but like nudity yeah. is like the only thing so I, I understand that but at the same time i'm just like yeah how many times did we get away with stupid shit like that i'm not even really trying to do it on purpose like i remember yeah being in like middle school and everyone's saying like, you need to watch this movie because you see boobs oh my god yeah you're like it's usually oh. a horror movie and then you know it's like whatever but then you go to a movie and not expecting it, it's like oh oh okay <laughs> what, uh, what really what really actually like um kind of cracked me up in a horror movie that i was i was watching was i wasn't supposed to be watching it because this was back when netflix would send you dvds in the mail you know blockbuster was still a thing <laughs> and everything like that and i bought a uh or i rented excuse me i didn't buy this i rented a movie that i was supposed to watch with my ex at the time i mean her were dating at the time and i was expecting it to just be you know uh camp crystal lake friday the 13th style killer no it was a movie about a killer um 
man part. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're allowed the word penis, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think scientific word penis would be okay. But um yeah, there was a lot of um adult situations in that movie, I'll say that. Sexual sexual nudity situations and, and uh yeah. yeah, very promiscuous things. And what was funny is my former mother-in-law she was like hey i want to watch that movie after you're done and when me and my ex are watching it we're like we can't we we can't give this to her um so we finished watching the movie everything like that and we just we just put it back in the envelope put it in the mailbox and just hope she didn't remember it a couple days Mm -hmm. goes by and uh, you remember no late fees and all that fun stuff was a big selling point for Netflix back then. And the, the DVD the had already. Yeah. And the DVD had already gone back. <laughs> she comes into my room and she goes, hey, you still got that DVD? <laughs> and I look at her, I go, oh, I'm sorry. I completely forgot you wanted it. And I sent it back. <laughs> like she goes, what was on it? And I was like, nothing. I'm a t- and, and just for the record, I am a terrible liar. Like I, I like if I know you really well, you can tell when I'm if I'm like fabricating something or I'm lying. And I like it's all in my face. Uh, I, I, lo- I love my parents, but I had really short parents growing up. So it's like I, I was able to be the sneaky kid that unfortunately was like that, I guess, coping mechanism in a way. So, yeah, like I like I was not sneaky as a kid, not out of fear, but because I was I was just fucking clumsy. But um, yeah, I was, she was just like, uh-huh. And then goes and asks my ex, what was the, what was the movie about? And she goes, oh, it was, a, it was about a killer penis. We didn't want you to watch it. And she comes back to me. She was like, you rented a movie about a killer penis? And I was like, I didn't know. Because <laughs> the name isn't, up. the name wasn't like rubber. It was like, yeah. it was like the mystery in the woods or something like that. I don't even yeah, remember. Weird. Uh, one thing that I do remember that I want to bring up was like one of the things that I feel like, especially in horror movies, is like jump scares done right. And like a prime example of like why I do love jump scares, I just hate when they're repetitive and it's like your only reliance yeah. on a movie. Yeah. That's like my biggest problem. But my like number one that I always go back to is still like uh, the first Insidious in like the mid to late uh, 2000s. That's a good and, one. Yeah. And, and uh, I always go back to. Um, like um, House of a Thousand Corpses because of like mm. how shock and awe it is. And I yeah. think that's where I really feel like where my love or um, like horror in general to see just how fucked up people can be comes from like those two very specific ones because like as different as they are, but like it's just that like shock and awe or like that jump scare and actual fear that like you weren't expecting to have i guess is like mm-hmm. awoken in any sense like real world situations with that or like you know when you have your nightmares um or night terrors or whatever it is mm-hmm. uh or like lipstick demon because like that jump scene or that jump scare is done like was like well placed so well. not expecting it broad daylight like it, it was such a left field thing to do that mm-hmm. i feel like that's what i want is that like raw genuine fear again and feeling that love or feeling that feeling is like keeps me going back to see all these newer horror movies and really appreciating them going either a back to older styles right. or um, learning from the past and like making it better. Oh, I agree. The um, what's really funny is what started me down down like liking 
I guess you could say psychological horror is like my favorite uh, genre, excuse me, subgenre of horror would have to be, um, I think it was 2003 or 2004 Boogeyman. Mm, yes that beginning i swear to god i i've so never good. talked to anybody in my life that has not ever felt or experienced something like that beginning. yeah because like i feel like every child at some point in their life has felt that fucking thing happen <laughs> i i agree because like it like because the movie never outright tells you if it's a supernatural entity entity or he's the killer or whatever the case is spoiler alert for a 20 three-year-old movie or 20-year-old movie <laughs> i hate saying that <laughs> me too but um yeah what like because when i was like sitting there watching it i had to re-watch it and this was uh we didn't get that one from netflix i think we got that one from uh what was that what was that program to where you could swap out as many videos you want a day with blockbuster i think it was like a video a day or something like that <laughs> oh i don't i don't remember it was like uh, you, paid, you paid like five bucks for it and stuff like that and you could go yeah, in and, and like their membership price also included with this so you didn't have to even worry about rewinding it when you brought it back at times it was like yeah yeah and you could like bring you could what you could do is you could go rent movie a go home watch movie a return it rent uh, go in get it grab another movie <laughs> off the shelf go home not pay not pay anything else and i was like yeah, this is awesome because like I would I would do that like two or three times a day. And uh, the next day I would go in with that last movie that I watched. I would rewind all of mine because we had the little push down rewinder thing to where you didn't have to like hit the rewind button on your VCR. Oh, so yeah, that was that was, that was a luxury awesome. item as well as well. That's just like so funny. <laughs> but um, I had to at that like it got to like close to the end of the week one summer and that was the movie that was the last movie that I wanted to rent because like what I would do is I would ride my bike down to Blockbuster which was like about a mile and, and some change away from my house and I would walk down the aisle with like this little steno notepad and just write down movie names that like looked really cool to me yeah, uh, based off of the box too. art. <laughs> I used to do that. I was going to say, I always go based off the box art and I'd like turn mm -hmm. around, like look at some of the little still images they'd have in there and be like, does this look gory in any way? I don't want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, before like, I really I, turn to like love, like psychological and thrillers and, uh, like same, I guess like spiritual and stuff, because like, I feel like the movie I ever like saw first, I had like the supernatural was thinner, which I absolutely tear the fuck yeah. out of me. So like, that was maybe like very superstitious in my youth. I mean, in some ways I still am. I and then like drag me to hell stole thinner. In some sense, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, but I'm also biased thinner. because, uh, you know, Sam Raimi, but you know, fair, fair. <laughs> but yeah, and like I, I, I say the second one that like really pushed that supernatural, like, psychological thriller aspect home for me was stir of echoes with kevin bacon like that movie was oh, that, that is a good one still sticks with me to today like i yeah. absolutely love that movie that that actually is a really good one because that that honestly i don't know if they intended it to be horror but it definitely scared the shit out of me as a kid oh yeah <laughs> and it's very real too which is like i feel like the the best horror the more real it feels and like grounded because it's like that mm -hmm. more terrifying because it's like this is something that can happen <laughs> yeah and 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 trigger warning to anybody that does want to watch uh stir of echoes there's some sensitive in, there's some sensitive stuff that comes up in that in yes. that movie at some point so uh be warned if you haven't seen it you want to see it really good movie but and there's some scenes though that are 
very triggering, I guess you could say, and in, in yeah, in ways that like yeah, it's just it's it's definitely something for sure. Sorry, took a quick pause break there, but um, yeah, I think I think a good non jump scare reliant movie for me that was actually really truly scary to me honestly i'd have to say was the first time i watched um either halloween one or halloween two i can't remember which one i watched first i, I know i watched them kind of out of order because um what was that what was that what was that show network I think it was amc they used to show like horror movies Right around the time that they were uh, right around like Halloween, they'd have like a horror movie marathon and it'd be a bunch of like older ones. Um, I think so. Yeah, because that's where they also show like, I think the original uh, The Omen, um, Rosemary's Baby. Uh, yep. I think Carrie was also on there. I don't remember. Yep. Uh, yeah, the, AMC was like fantastic when it came to that kind of stuff, though, especially around Halloween because like I also feel like that introduced a lot of newcomers I guess to the horror genre like in an easy way for those people that, yeah. that always say you know I don't like scary movies so I can't watch scary movies they're too terrifying and stuff and like those are the ones that you show those people you know where it's like no one's just really going to be scared of this yeah like, like like it's not like it's not like hey let's watch Insidious 2 <laughs> as your first like introduction to horror yeah, it's kind of like, like, it's like, hey, let's let's show you these dated movies that are considered really cheesy and campy now. I mean, yeah, to little kids, they're scary and stuff, I guess. But like to like an adult, it's like I can see how it can still be scary to some degree. But for the most part, it's like they're more than likely safe. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, let me see. That was that was like because I think it, I think it was the first I think it was the first one because uh, when Mike corners uh, Lori in the closet and she like stabs him with the coat hanger. I think that, I think that was the first one. And, um, been years since I've seen it. So I just don't same, remember. Same. But yeah, like, um, when she's like sitting there and he like walks by or it's like dead silent and then he just like bursts through the door. I was like, Oh shit. And then, yeah. um, that one that one utilized jump scares pretty pretty well but it wasn't like overly jump scare reliant it was a whole lot more suspenseful from what from from what i do remember more than anything where you're just like okay it's oh shit it was something (laughs) and what i I feel like i love the most about it i guess as well is Mm -hmm. um the the, uh the practical effects kind of sells a lot home as well Uh, I, I, would, I would specifically say like for me it will always be like the thing like I still feel like even to this day if you show some people the thing it's still considered graphic scary gruesome yeah. and so on and so forth by a lot of today's standards but I feel like that's also the, the test of time of how good that movie was made it's like yeah. you look at like Jurassic Park I remember going to the theaters when they re-released it like in 94 95 I do believe or something like that when I was two I don't remember and fucking watching that movie between like the seat covers like this because i was scared of the t-rex you know like that dude i fear like genuine fear like that and being like anxious i love that feeling so like i feel like with a lot of the horror games i grew up playing like really shaped how i love also my horror movies like your silent hills and resident evils uh House of the deads like it, it was a fantastic thing <laughs> like that like for me honestly the first my introduction to horror games 
was a very niche game called The Suffering and The Suffering 2. My uh, my friend, yeah, because that was later. That was like Xbox, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, it was on the original big black Xbox too, the one that like was so loud when you turned it on. And playing that with like the old ass controller where your black and white buttons were in the top right. I was like mm-hmm. a kid playing that game. I was like, there's no fucking way. How do people play with this? <laughs> <laughs> My hands are like so tiny. You're like holding the controller like this. It just it felt so awkward. But like looking back at it now, it's like it's still roughly like the same size as this just a little bit bulkier on the bottom where you like you made yeah, curved out more almost it was like a dreamcast controller <clears throat> yeah just about but i i just i because I, I remember my friend saying uh because he lived right down the street from me so like he me and him would play would play each other's xbox games all the time like i would let him borrow my gta uh vice city and san andreas he let me borrow his uh what was that what was that game it was like nba street and uh the suffering street dude <laughs> you want to you want to talk about nostalgia <laughs> but um oh God. yeah like uh when i when because when i first borrowed the suffering he's like dude i can't beat this game you play it you let me know because like like any game that any of my friends let me borrow even smash bros i would max out as best i could play them give them back and be like, Hey, this is how you unlock this character. This is how you do this. Mm-hmm. And I remember, uh, especially with like soul caliber. Mm-hmm. So I was soul caliber was another one that I had. I love that game. But, um, yeah, when I was playing the suffering, like the first level is where you're that character starting off in a jail cell and then everything just starts to go sideways and you're supposed to stay in the light and all this stuff. I died so much and it's, it screamed so much. My grandma from across the house was like, shut the hell up yeah i i would say i still think resident evil i was introduced to resident evil first before silent hill um mm-hmm. silent hill one was very very janky very like rough starting but silent yeah. hill two really like nailed the coffin home for it being one of my favorite franchises i think that was like the case for a lot of people um that's fair with resident evil though like i still will never forget like the fear of watching my brother play it uh and seeing the like very first cutscene of the zombie turning towards you yeah. I had such bad nightmares for the longest time because of that. And it stuck with me. It's still one of my favorite games. That, that I remember that scene too, because that was right around the time that like videos on the internet started to kind of surface and be a thing. It wasn't YouTube, but and, it wasn't YouTube. I mean, like Google was still just barely starting out in 96 yeah. and everything. Like it's it's insane yeah. to like even look back on that, like times before what we are like very considered normal now. <laughs> yeah like dude i could i could see like now nowadays we can see like a game that we're excited for like i saw um someone have early access to to add to remnant 2 i just skip past the video i don't want any spoilers i want to go into the game blind and play it for the first time but uh which comes out on the 25th i think so next week yeah next week so close and i'm so excited me too it's gonna be so much fun um but i remember back in the back in those days there wasn't unless you like bought the actual guidebook for the game that was like the only way you could tell what was coming next other than that yeah. or like there's, there's no, a couple things i also remember like if you did get stuck and like the developers or like the uh, uh journalists found something with it like they'd even put it in like their little like game informer little mm-hmm. blog on it like I, I remember that it was so cool back in the day when that would happen 
Oh, yeah. But nowadays, yeah, it's like, hey, I'm stuck on this one very specific spot. YouTube, you can fucking find like a million different videos on it. Yeah. And there's like 30 different ways to get past that one spot. And and then you're like, like, to me, that just that that doesn't feel the same as what we had. Yeah. It's like, well, for sure. But I I do remember that zombie scene that was considered very graphic back then and almost got like a couple studios sued. (laughs) <laughs> like it, when we look at Mortal Kombat, that's one of the main reasons also why we have the SRBs. Like it was considered too violent, too bloody, uh, so many other things. So like mm-hmm. for sure, I, I fully understand like uh, where a lot of it's coming from. Don't get me wrong, but like I think that really shaped a lot of us like like really like horror fans, I guess, is like we were exposed to like so much plus like you know, unfiltered internet. Like yeah, we really don't we're not really like scared scared we're more scared of like again like i always say like the worst like best and worst horror like the most real life ones that you can equate someone's life to kind of thing like hey this mm-hmm. is like a situation you could literally find yourself in like i find yeah. that like infinitely scarier than like whatever horror movies come out and getting like jump scared or whatever like because those ones like hit home more like last house on the left is a prime example that i always use like that was based off a true story very, too it's like it's a very good movie but like it is such a like disgusting movie at the same time. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And like, but and it's because it feels so real. And that's where it's like, whole. Oh. Because uh, Last House on the Left was based off of a true story, I believe. Or no, I mean, or was it, was it, I think it was Last House on the Left. Unless I'm thinking of that. Remember. Um, I just remember like Wes Craven in like the seventies, I think it was, is coming out and like watching that one and like thinking that was like really fucked up. And then seeing the remake, I remember me and my friend being in the theater very specifically watching a very specific scene, very trigger warning scene. And yeah. like me and him are like looking at the screen, our mouth open, and we like just lean towards each other, like, should we be even watching this? Like it like, felt so real and that is stuck with me, like, oh my God. Yeah. And I think, I think like what kind of turned me towards like creature features, honestly, was the, and like, we, we always talk about it. We've talked about it on so many episodes is honestly the thing from mm-hmm. the eighties is because one scene and one scene in particular sticks with me to this day. And I remember it where the guy has a heart attack, he's laying on the table, goes to hit him with the defibrillator and then his chest and stomach just open up into this giant mouth and bite down on his arms. And he's just, ah, I was he like, rips it off and he's just, oh my God. Yeah. No, that scene is such an iconic scene. I think that scene and specifically the dog scenes are like oh, the yeah. most like iconic. I, my favorite scene is still the blood testing scene. That That is my favorite, but that was like, another good yeah. one. And then but the yeah. one where the, where the head detaches from the body is That's the other the same one. chest pressure scene or the chest scene as well because it's the head separating because each individual piece wants to be alive. That's where they figured that out a lot, and mm-hmm. that's where he came up with the test. Like it's oh my god, the movie is so good. <laughs> I give that I, movie so much praise. I do too. I can watch that movie so many times because it's one of those it's one of those horror movies that I don't have to be in the mood to watch. It's like hey, the thing's on. Ooh, and yeah, you throw that on. I'm not gonna be like oh god, the thing again. It's gonna be like oh, what part are we at? Yeah. And um, another movie that I I, I, I I came to like when it came out, but um, looking back at it now, it seemed like the, a lot of it is dated, but uh, Dreamcatcher. Yes, no, I will agree. I mean, uh, 
there's certain movies that I feel like even as dated as they are in some way, shape or form are very like terrifying in the regards. Like, again, like there's still scenes to this day where I'm like, man, Johnny Darko, like watching it as young as I oh, did, yeah. like really fucking stuck with me. Um, you know, they fucking, made a sequel to that and it was I, I like, did not. It wasn't it, it's not bad. Like, I like I understand what they tried. to. I liked it for what they tried to do and I understand what they tried to do. But it's not on the same level as Donnie Darko itself was. It's uh, following the younger sister in that one. Okay. It's not bad. It's, it's, it's worth a viewing at least once. Like I, I watched it and made it all the way through. I remember bits and pieces of it. It wasn't as groundbreaking as Donnie Darko, though. Yeah, I mean, like um, another one, like I would feel like for creature features again, like my uncles used to show me again all the classic horror movies, but they also used to show me like the sci-fi ones like the 50s 60s and 70s like with giant insects i brought this up before uh with yeah. like them um thing from another planet the brain that wouldn't die uh like those classics you'll you'll know which one i'm talking about but i remember one that was i i don't remember if it was from the late 50s early 60s but the two monsters were a giant tarantula and a praying mantis and they were destroying some small town in like Oklahoma or something like that. I, I don't remember which one that is. I, I vaguely know what you're talking about. Um, Cause like, it's one of my favorite things about like fifties, like even like looking back at it, like it was a very big thing was monster movies, like giant monster movies were everywhere. Yeah. It was like such a big trope that in like aliens in the sixties, it's got yeah, like just the monster movies. And maybe like, again, what's Godzilla got in trouble at daycare because uh, I was told that, yeah, this is a dinosaur. But like, I got mad that he wasn't eating people <laughs> kind of raised suspicions <laughs> with my, uh, my babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember, uh, Godzilla 2000 and Godzilla from, from nine, from, I think it was 91 or not 91, excuse me, 99. Yeah. I think it was like 99 or 90s. I think I want to say it was 99 because the funny thing, I remember the biggest, like controversy about the whole movie was like what's Godzilla gonna look like because no one really had done a different like an Americanized version of Godzilla mm-hmm. and I remember that movie very specifically because my aunt was gonna take me to go see it and mm-hmm. we were getting Taco Bell right before the movie well she bought the uh limited edition fucking cup holder for your car when that was a big thing oh yeah and it showed the Godzilla like silhouette or like it actually had Godzilla wrapped around like the cup almost kind of thing and uh right. it's like a cozy almost and we both looked at it and was like, this is what Godzilla looks like. And we're like, oh, damn, this movie's going to suck. Because a lot of the movie is like, what does it look like? And you don't see it for a very long time. And yeah. when we saw that, we were like, oh, so we were already disappointed going into that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember it wasn't, it wasn't the most widely received one. But I will say this, though. Um, one of my favorite things that actually came from that movie was the cartoon miniseries. Oh, where, yeah, no, that cartoon miniseries was so much better. So good. So good. That was one of the few that was that was definitely one of the few cartoons that we had as kids that um, the Ghostbuster, the the two Ghostbuster cartoons, the Godzilla cartoon. And the thing that popped in my head with you talking about these cartoons was I loved how back in the 80s and like growing up and even with some of the 90s stuff, like Mm -hmm. the horror genre and the very violent action films, Rambo and all that. So many of those were converted into like cartoons for kids. Yeah. And very like kid friendly in some ways, but it's like 
how do you take these fucking graphically depressing and or violent movies or like scary movies and cater them to kids? And it's like they did such a good. I mean, because there's people who have the fucking Freddy doll or fucking Jason mm-hmm. Voorhees little action figures and so on and so forth. I mean, hell, I remember collecting Robocop figurines and playing with my brother. <laughs> I had the one where uh, he had the gear sticking out of his back and you spun it with your thumb. Uh, you would you would flip it down and he would bring up his hand like this with the gun. And then you'd flip mm-hmm. it the other way and he'd just bring it back. And that's literally all he did. He had like a little handle that you held onto and you just did this. <laughs> and that's all he would do is just, he was supposed to make noise, but I dropped it in the bathtub and killed the battery. So he didn't make the noise. Cause when you brought the gun up, you were supposed to say like, uh, freeze. As I say, I imagine us with very expensive toys for being like five, six, seven year olds and fucking not breaking them. Like it's what we were known for. <laughs> yeah. And the expensive toys back then were like $25. <laughs> I remember very specifically when I was in like later elementary school. So I was like nine, eight or nine. And Mm -hmm. after I discovered anime and stuff, Gundams. Mm -hmm. And I remember always like falling in love with Gundams and talking to my mom and dad. And I was like, do you mind if I get this toy? This is $12.95. We can't afford this. I was like, in my my head again, like not understanding the concept of money uh, was just like, but I really want it, you know, feeling really sad and looking back on it and like, and like looking at now and looking at some of the toys, like, yeah, it's like, fucking 20 bucks for just like a regular old toy it's like holy shit things haven't changed yeah. it's like i remember having to tell my son growing up like hey we can't afford that right now it's like fucking 20 bucks for something you're gonna break in two days hell no <laughs> yeah you're just like mm, let's get this five dollar one and it's solid it doesn't do anything it doesn't make but you'll be able to use it for until you grow out of it but um yeah like i i remember uh not I, like i've only met a handful of people that actually remember this cartoon and I just recently started watching it again with my daughter um, because she she just hit this weird this phase. And I love it. She's watching Goosebumps, the the new movies that came out with Jack Black and old and the old show that we watched growing up. And I was on. Oh, God. Um, Still a hero intro theme. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, what, what, what I can't remember what channel it was on, but it's the old Tales from the Crypt cartoon. Oh my God! Yes, uh-huh. I love how again, like I said, I feel like our generation had like such a lot of like kid-friendly introductions to horror, pushing into horror aspects a lot, especially like R.L. Stein's, you know, Goosebumps show, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Like those shows, like really, like I guess, like say in a lot of like childhood fears. I mean, like I remember growing up and like thinking quicksand was going to be a big deal, like as you yeah. see in all these movies and like books and stuff like everyone dying in quicksand. It's like, man, it's just it's going to fucking eat me up alive. And you come to find out it's like in very pocketed parts of the world. And you're like, oh, so I never really had to worry about it. Yeah, I, I remember I remember uh, I remember that because they had an episode of that on like uh, it wasn't wasn't Goosebumps. I think it was uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark where they had like the kid that like fell in the quicksand and stuff like that and they had to get out of it and stuff. I remember that. And then uh, a really irrational fear for me that kind of stemmed from Are You Afraid of the Dark was the episode about the pool and okay where they had like a a part of it was i think it was like a high school or something like that and they used to have a swim team someone died on the swim team in the story and then um their ghost haunted the pool so if you swam in it it would pull you down and then you would disappear well the way that they beat the monster i remember they 
they dropped like some red dye in the pool and stuff like that. And he would always come from the deep end and he was just like half skeleton, half meaty person chasing these kids around the pool and stuff like that. So from that show as a kid, I was always scared of the deep end because mm-hmm. I couldn't see it. I couldn't see the bottom and my feet couldn't touch. So I would never go to the deep end. Yeah, no, I, I feel that 100%. It's like, um, growing up like they would always show me the old like twilight zones from like the 50s and stuff those are so good and like i always remember uh three very specific ones which is the howling man um enough time and uh what was the third oh one? yeah the third one was the, uh, it, it came from it came from a planet called earth and those three like really stuck with me but it was like what if we are on like this alien planet like just the childhood fears obviously but like it's like they stuck with me instead like a horror I guess like seed, whereas like that fear, like of just the irrational and like out of there fucking situations that you always think about, and it just like sits with you, and it's yeah. done so well that I feel like even to this day, like certain movies like do give you that feeling again, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. not that exact same feeling because it's like not the first time you're experiencing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would agree. The uh, the one that I always go back to and remember was uh, enough time. Because when he breaks his glasses and he's like, I finally have the time. I finally have the time. I'm like, could Nico get new glasses? And my grandpa looks at me and goes, he's the last man on earth. He's not an he's optometrist. Yeah. yeah. He's, I was like, oh. And like even, even equating it to like today's standards, like I always like put it in perspective. Like I always tell everyone like, yeah, 90% of the time in my entire life, I would rather be behind my computer playing games. But that's obviously not how the world works. And yeah. it's like, imagine like being in that situation where like, hey, you have unlimited power, all like everyone's gone. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You want to play games all day? Go ahead. And you start to play and it's like you're computerized or like just some weird ass situation. Like you could do whatever the hell you want with no repercussions. But like what you want to do is like destroyed or like your hands break and you can't do this or that. Like just the most obscene thing. It's like imagine that fear of like being unable to do whatever you wanted with yeah. free reign of everything. <laughs> Yeah, like it's like because I, I don't I don't remember. I think it, I think it was the rapture or something, something weird back then that like was, you know, really 50s esque style like horror. And mm-hmm. it turned out to be like he was the only one that didn't didn't get taken or, or disappear or whatever. And like it was a bomb just, or something like that. Yeah, it was just it yeah. was, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like some world altering event where he's like the only person on the planet. And mm-hmm. It finally has enough time to read all the books he wanted to and glasses break can't do shit and it's like god damn that kind of situation sucks it's like you almost want to be on a desert island and forced to survive as opposed to being able to like hey i can do it to the fuck wall, but i can't see yeah i like it it's so it's so trippy to me that the, that was their level of fear back then but at the same time i understand it because it's mm-hmm. like like you said, it's just like one of those things it's like what it's like what could i what could i do if i was the last person on earth i'd go I'd go to a car dealership, get the favorite and get the car that I've always wanted to play my video games for as long as I want. Well, hey, who's going to change the oil in that car? Who's going to refill the gas stations in the surrounding mm-hmm. areas near me to where I can do this? Who's going to keep the Internet going? And you're just like sitting there and you're like, it would really suck to be the last person on Earth. Mm hmm. And it's just like oh my god the mentality of it like and you're doing more like again that's why i love like a lot of psychological horrors especially in video mm-hmm. games because like your imagination makes things so much worse than what you're presented with a lot of the time and once you're presented with they're still like pretty terrifying mm-hmm. or whatever but like 
your mind always makes things so much worse. It's like we always build it up more in our heads than it actually comes out to be, you know? I, I yeah, I would agree. Um, funny, funny enough that you actually bring up video games because, uh, or psychological or video games, I should say, because one that sticks out to me that I, I didn't think was scary when I watched other people play it because they made it funny. Uh, for example, PewDiePie, when he played, uh, amnesia and yeah. then I played it for the first time because he kind of like, I didn't know anything about video editing back then. I didn't know anything about like, Hey, I can cut this part out cause it's kind of boring and stuff like that. But then I got it for free with my PlayStation four, uh, with my old PlayStation membership back when I had that. And next thing I know I'm getting the shit scared out of me on parts that I didn't see PewDiePie do because he was going for the the funny compilations back when that was like the big deal of YouTube back in the early 2010s. Mm. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, ah, ow, ow. I didn't know this game was that bad. And so that's why I always tell everybody, it's like watching someone play something and then playing it yourself are two drastically different experiences. Like mm-hmm. I don't find the five nights of the Freddy's games that scary. And then when you play them, it's like, your adrenaline starts going without you really even trying to because it's just uh consistently in your head you're like okay fuck they're coming now and you're making yourself more worked up than anything so it's like i i do enjoy that um, right but it's always different because like you can watch someone play a horror game like oh, okay that's not that scary and then you're playing it and shit and bricks <laughs> like night and day yeah mm-hmm. like I thought for me, like Resident Evil 7 is like one that really revitalized that horror aspect that I've been looking for in a long time with horror games or like just mm-hmm. the Resident Evil franchise as a whole in general. And so playing that, I was like, man, this game's pretty terrifying. And then they made like the uh, PlayStation uh, VR version. Oh and God. I was like, <laughs> I want to see how this is in VR. And it's fucking terrifying. And it's in a good way. It's like, it's so much fun, but like, you, you actually like when you're playing it like in like the regular way like actually controlling it and like seeing just your regular monitor or whatever mm-hmm. it's not as, it's scary but it's not as scary you really you, you do like taking like your management of like ammo and everything like that your resources and whatnot but like right. in vr it throws you in a different view of it to where like normally you would like see your little dot to like shoot and make it easier but like when you're controlling that firearm and everything like that it's like that much more scary because you're like where you're looking is where your little dot is so oh wow like terrifying because i because i've played it on my playstation 4 a couple times um the first time i played it i almost broke a friend's couch me and him both like he bought it for me and he was like i really want to watch you play this so i started playing it uh, scary part happens <laughs> and we both jump back and flip the couch with us. His wife was so pissed. Um, <laughs> but then um, I, I played it again and, and I like I have a bad habit of forgetting where scary stuff is in certain video games. Like if I were to go through and play the um, the uh, Dark Pictures anthology again. I can remember certain bits and pieces, but I don't remember where the scares are. Yeah. Yeah. Like every decision sending this person to their death or whatever. Yeah. No, I I feel that I was going to say like, for me, it's like with Silent Hill Homecoming specifically, me and a friend used to play that game religiously. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's definitely very different than the Silent Hills we played in the past, but we really enjoyed it because we bonded over that. Uh, And yeah, 
it, it holds a special place to me because of that for one and two that like we always for some reason that game would always have the weirdest shit happen to us like i remember one time very specifically uh not condoning this guy's uh, no underage smoking but like we were went outside for a cigarette and uh fucking it sounds like it's raining but it's crystal clear sky like no rain anywhere and i remember that like just that fear of like are we f- fucking like in this universe like just the thought of like hey are we like somehow being dragged in there is like what the fuck is going on are we hallucinating we're not on anything it's just like that irrational fear of like the unknown or like a supernatural kind of thing happening like that where it's just yeah. like from playing like you know the whole like don't use a ouija board or like superstitious things like you know don't whistle at night when you're out in the, the, the forest and stuff like that yeah. you know and it's like it'll never happen to me and then you do like something like that happens to you and you're just like the real fear sets in you're like oh no i i messed up somewhere along the way how do i how do i how do i load save game <laughs> yeah exactly it's but that, except that fear that certain games have brought to me that i never even would have thought of or just yeah. like in general but that feeling that, that reminds more me. than once <laughs> uh, yeah i have to i have to say you know i can relate to that because there's a there's a movie came out in the early early 2000s it was like 2005 or 2006 and um it had frankie munias in it and the basic premises of it was they got access to this game and if they died in the game they died in real life in the exact same way and i remember uh playing the um i just said it the uh i'm drawing a blank here the game the that suffering I, or the suffering uh, yes okay i remember playing the suffering after after watching that movie and thinking if i die in this game i might die in real life now like it was just a irrational fear but irrational like fear that it sets into your brain like it is so fucking <laughs> funny how shit like that happens and you're just like uh uh um hmm. yeah, yeah it's like uh, another one for me that like really stands out was like I love the alien franchise, but I felt like it went really weird, so on and so forth. Uh, and then like playing like alien colonial Marines didn't like really make me be like, Hey, alien game would be great. And then alien isolation came out and it literally throws you back into that seventies feel and like really rustic shit. And it was like, Oh my God, this is like absolutely horrifying. Not having a directional way, not being told what to do, just trying to survive with this thing fucking hunting you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's horrifying. <laughs> If I had a dollar for how many times I died in that game, I would have a good amount of money. <laughs> Not oh, like yeah. Bill Gates level money, but I like I'd definitely be able to pay off some debt <laughs> for real. I mean, like recently, if we're going to say like just scares in general, like I feel like uh, a lot of the games that like I felt like from my franchise is like Resident Evil. I will use as an example. I did not like Resident Evil 4 when it came out. It felt too actually felt like way away from the horror aspect. And then yeah. playing this remake like really felt more horror and action done very very well like a dead space or a um like other games like that where like it's very action-packed but still very horrifying and it got to the point where this game like i i appreciate this game a lot more because they fixed a lot of problems i had with the first one Mm -hmm. and it like just it actually feels like scarier in certain spots especially as a first playthrough and it came to the point where like i literally had to beat this game i don't know like I think now I'm at like 15 times within like a month and a half. That's how much I actually really enjoyed this game. <laughs> there was a, there was a game that I played that was like that, but I can't remember if it was. Uh, oh, it was um, 
Oh, jeez. I want to say it was. I want to say it was um, Silent Hill either two or Homecoming. Because I remember they they released the Silent Hills in a weird fashion where it wasn't like Silent Hill one, two, three, and four. It was like Silent Hill, Silent Hill, Shattered Memories, Silent Hill. Well, no, because it was Silent Hill one, two, I think three, then Shattered Memories, then the rooms, then Downpour, and then or Origin was actually somewhere in there because I remember that being on like on the PSP. And yeah. then Homecoming was like. 06 to 08 area. I don't remember when. This one, this one I played was on room. Uh, I don't remember. PS3. I think it, I think it was the room. I could be wrong. I'd I'd, I'd have to ask my friend. But um <laughs> I remember this one scene where you walk up to like a, a window of a ship or something like that. And it's you know, stereotypical like round window and something like kind of passes by the window the same time you do so you think it's a reflection but you can't go any further that way without like walking up to the window first so i like walked up to it and as my as my guys like slowly just getting right here to the window it like i'm like stop it stop it stop it and you look and you're like looking around the room you're just doing this number and you're just looking around and then right when you bring it back center something stands up and is in your face and then cutscene and you got to run from something and uh, uh try to escape it and when that happened the controller just went mm-hmm. and just yeah no, like, that's where i always go back to like very very effective way i love like insidious is like very effective jump scares and not like overdoing it like those really good timing ones are like yeah really stick with you i, I think like there's been a lot of other games recently, I feel like, that are really doing the jump scares again, but like doing mm-hmm. them proper, not just your stereotypical Five Nights at Freddy's jump scare every two seconds or um, like last uh, Outlast, where it's, um, you know, you have no way to defend yourself. I mean, Outlast Trials, I heard, is like a very yeah. big improvement. We had this talk with uh, Irish when he was on. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I'm excited, but not excited for how some are coming out. But like, I'm, I think like more so I'm more looking forward to like the horror movies coming more than the video games. Yeah, I, I have to agree because um, I kind of want to try the Outlast Trials, but like. It's not one of those games that I, I'm excited for, like Remnant 2, because me oh, and you've yeah, been talking about sure, it for like last for year. Sure. <laughs> yeah i'm like once we heard the announcement i think is when we were like oh my god yeah because you you told you told me about it you're like hey have you heard about remnant 2 and i was like no you're like it's coming out this year i was like oh yeah and then it, it looks so good oh i i pre-ordered i pre-ordered it uh i pre-ordered it late last month or middle of last month and now I'm like sitting here and I'm like looking at all the game, the, all the games that I have because I have, um, I still need to finish Ghostwire Tokyo, which I actually really enjoyed. I heard mixed things about that, but I like to have my own opinion. on It It looks mm-hmm. really, really interesting. It, it is like something I would enjoy. Just, I would probably be confusing because I don't have the, uh, like mindset, I guess, or the, the smarts for it. <laughs> it's, uh, no, you, 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 you would, it's, um, how to how to put it without spoiling anything it's very um legend oriented in the yeah, japanese I scene hear that uh, they have a lot of uh yokai which are kind of like evil spirits that are mm-hmm. uh um well, in japanese the, the, the uh, demon masks and everything right or i uh, know those are different 
the uh, demon masks are oni but uh yokai are like evil and trickster spirits and stuff like that like um uh, what's the one that comes to mind uh the slit mouth woman okay okay um for those that don't know the story about the slit mouth woman bless you babe uh, for those that don't know the story about the slit mouth woman um it's a woman that in japan it's kind of uh it's kind of a fashion trend for them to wear or it used to be i don't know if it still is uh where they would wear face masks and stuff like that or a lot of people just wear it just to be healthy and uh, a very pretty looking woman will approach you on the street wearing the face mask and and stop you and ask you do i look pretty and then you'll say yes or no if you say no she kills you on the spot so if you say yes she then takes the mouth, uh, the, the mouth mask off because it covers up to her eyes and then just below her chin. And she'll take the mask off and she'll have a slit going from the corners of her mouth to each ear. And then if she asks you again, am I still pretty? If you say no, she kills you. If you say yes, she then makes you look like her and then kills you. So it's, it's a death sentence. But um, uh, uh, one of the evil spirits in the game is her. And you and it's not like a, a boss battle with her, if I remember correctly, but you do fight her a couple times because um, the, the premise of the game is very, very wild and I love it and I need to finish playing it because I actually really did enjoy that game. Um, it's not s- scary in like. Um, like a horror actual sense. <laughs> yeah, it's like, a, oh, oh, God, it got me kind of sense is on some scenes but it's a it's a very it's a very good game um it is horror it is on the horror oriented because everything you do does deal with uh spirits demons and evil things but at the same time you get like really cool powers (laughs) that's fair yeah and that just going back into like a lot of this like classic stuff too like throwing back with like the generational differences from all the like horror movies we grew up with to like even now i feel like i i remember really looking at movies not as a whole back then and i always like will stand out with um oh my god what was it i think it was i would think it was 2006 the omen remake uh where it was like you're young and edgy and trying to be like cool to say you saw these movies and so on and so forth and then like watching it be like oh it was god awful because it wasn't bloody you know trying to be like all edgy and cool Uh, yeah and like looking back at it and like seeing like the more like morality of certain movies or like some of my favorite films like uh i still praise uh devil's advocate as one of my favorite like thrillers it's very very good and still aged like really fucking well oh my god al pacino and keanu reeves did so well in that movie oh yeah like I like is like normally normally in like situations like that, like the bigger hitting actor, which was, you know, Al Pacino before Keanu Reeves was a big actor as he is now, like he would be the quote unquote show stealer. Like he would be the one that makes or breaks that movie. But him and Keanu, I think in that movie played off it's each other totally so, so well. So well. And it's it's still one of my favorite movies. It still holds up today. It's still done very, very well. And what 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 I think is really funny there aren't many cgi effects in that movie like i think most of them come in like at the very end if anything like most of it's all usually practical Practical. too the way they do a lot of it it's just i fucking love that movie (laughs) it's it's good another movie that shouldn't be scary but to me is is um like even to this day like it, it still kind of freaks me out is uh that movie meet joe black with brad pitt 
Oh yeah. Where he um he is portraying death in, in the human world. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, that that would be terrifying. Like, what if that actually happened? And as like, you know, like say you're just I don't know, out shopping at the mall or something like that, and you pass by somebody and and they're like the um physical manifestation of death in our world, just kind of like eyeballing you and he's just like I'll see you in about 70 years. And you're just like, what do you mean? What? what? <laughs> like to me, I, I could see that, like, even though it's a very, it is a, it is a very wholesome movie, but I could see that being a very terrifying movie if done by the right person. Oh yeah. No, I can, I can see it being that way too. Uh, or like, uh, what's the final destination is Tony Todd being the physical manifestation of death and like all those films. Yeah, because there's a there's a fan theory. I don't know if it's still floating around or if it ceased after the final uh, the final final the last final destination. God, um, final 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 destination. <laughs> final destination. The final destinationing. Um, but uh, yeah, when because I I read it on a blog many many years ago. This was like back before four was even a thought. I think three had just came out, and people were saying. We're upset because Tony Todd wasn't as big in three as he was in the other two. And then they brought him back for four and of course five. But um, uh, when in the blog, it was like, I think it was like an old, like you you remember back in Yahoo, how you could filter through like people's personal blogs and stuff like that. And then like based off of a certain subject. So I was looking through fan theories on, um, I don't think I was also looking thing on fucking MySpace Reddit. back in the day. Oh yeah, that too. And um this guy had a really detailed, I don't know if you can still find it on the internet or not. If if I can, I will find it and share it with whomever wants to hear it. But he had a theory that uh Tony Todd was the physical manifestation of death in the human world because he knew so much about death and how it operated and the plan of everything not because not just because he was a funeral home director but because of the simple fact that he like laid out the schematic for the kids in the first and second movie was he in the second one i don't remember i i there's a lot of movies i need to re-watch again because like i've been on this like huge 90s like either like action or like just old school horror like i've been watching yeah uh, like a lot of old thrillers, like Seven, uh, Taking seven Lives. Um, I fucking love Seven. Uh, oh, I, haven't, I haven't watched Taking Lives in forever. Yeah, I, it's just going back in time and watching like some of those older ones. I'm like, God, some of them still hold up. Some of them obviously like didn't age well. Like End of Days, I still love it, but it's obviously like very dated. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it was it was like hailed as like a really good horror movie back in the day, but like today, very good like horror action film. And like watching it, I was yeah. like this did not age well <laughs> <laughs> like like this is what we used to like oh no but yeah, yeah like it, mm. i i know exactly what you're talking about because i was like that with um oh it was lake lake Pla- it was lake placid 2 i think or killer croc i can't remember but okay. it was like um it was like a, a it was like you remember the sci-fi channel mm. It was a their version of Lake Placid. And um it was a lot it was a lot gorier than what uh Lake Placid was, even though Lake Placid was still pretty 
you know, gory for its time. But, yeah. Yeah. And um I I just remember like every Friday, Saturday, every Friday through Saturday was like their horror movie marathon. Like they would just show like all their B rated horror movies and stuff like that. Like um one of like I'm a big fan of B rated and foreign horror um today along with psychological horror but one of my favorite b-rated horror movies i've never been able to find a copy of is a movie called pinata where yeah, um, you did mention that uh I, I think we were talking about that with like uh some of the classic movies i think it was or i don't know it wasn't called movie was it? it it came out in early 2000s so uh, okay. by to by today's standards yeah it'd be it'd be a classic <laughs> don't say that <laughs> I mean, the hell, the music band, the, the, the music bands, the oh, geez, the bands that we listen to growing up now for like hard rock are playing on classic. Yeah. And they're also considered dad rock. And I'm like, this is no, <laughs> like, like I put on, I put on friggin' uh, three days grace, like their older album, their debut album the other day. And I was like sitting there listening to it and I was like, I, Hey, everything about you and my and my daughter is like dad why are you listening to the old stuff i was like huh how do you how do you know this was old stuff and she was like because it came on the radio when mom was driving one day and she was listening to old rock and i'm like yeah it just it hits different i remember uh asking my son one time i was like hey she's eight like what kind of music yeah mine's 15 and i remember talking to him about like music one day and he's like show me some of the stuff he listens to like this reminds me of like a lot of video game music and he's like yeah i was like if i show you some of mine so i show him some of my like power metal and he like loves uh like bloodbound and um good one dream evil and i was like okay let me show you the stuff i'm listening to now like my death core death metal and all that Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. yes this isn't really my thing I was like, oh, that's fine. And then also, like, out of nowhere, I was like, I'm going to play, like, a harder band that I think you might like. I started playing Breaking Benjamin. And he goes like, oh, oh yeah, dude, my, my friend's dad listens to this. And I was like, what are you oh. trying to say? And he's just like, well, it just it seems like, because he's an older guy than you, uh, it felt like it was just, like, old people music. I was like, <laughs> it just hit me home. I was like, dude, no, don't say that, please. <laughs> just, ow, right at my age, where it hurts the most. <laughs> i um what was it i was listening to something the other day it was a um older pop evil song and for some reason it reminded me of i, I and, and Miz is gonna murder me for this but i like the first two just the first the, the first two resident evil movies even though they're not i know i will 100 percent agree with you i will always okay. defend the first two movies because they are the closest to the video games after that i say fuck those movies because i think they're absolute yeah. shit same but that's also again i know they're very good action films my wife loves mm-hmm. them and so on and so forth uh but for me yeah i died hate them for on the principle alone of them fucking up the story for one and number yeah. two i just my biggest problem is like they literally do what i have a problem with like with the mcu right now is like they're literally grabbing oh like bits and pieces from like several different story arcs they're just mashing it into one and yeah it just really i don't know why it just like makes me so irate with it it just oh i hate it so like I'm, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a, uh, before I actually had friends, I had comic books because, um, my, my oh, grandma yeah. was always scared because in the nineties where I lived, it wasn't like the safest neighborhood, but <laughs> we, um, my, my grandma would like, let me go outside and play as long as like I was within earshot of her, she could see me and stuff like that. But, um, outside of that, I would get comic books from this, uh, comic book store that was like, I don't know, like 
10 minutes up, like 10 minutes downtown from where I live. And, um, and this is in Denver back in back again, back in the nineties and, uh, the comic shop, since we were, we were poor, they had a, a deal going to where you could walk in and buy a pack. It was, a, it was called a mystery pack and you could buy a pack and each one was a different, uh, price. So you had a $3 option where it was where you paid $3 for a mystery pack and you got three comic books in one pack. And it looked like a giant playing card pack that you open up and you pull out the comic books and you see which ones you got. And they were, they were handpicked by the store owner whose name was Tony. And he was a family friend of my mom. So uh, whenever I would have like $5 or $10 or something like that, you could go in, you could get the $3 pack, the $5 pack, and the $10 pack. Eventually he had a $15 pack, but I always went for the three, five and 10. Cause those were like the best bang for your buck ones. Cause the $15 one, um, you didn't get anything special. You just got a, 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 a random playing card in the pack with, with the, with the comic books. Yeah. Like a promo was, card that we were like at the time, like, Oh my God, it's a promo card. And now we look back on it, It's like, Oh, well maybe just like a shitload of these mine are special. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh wait, if I would have had that one, that one Charizard card that came with that one pack, I opened one time, I would be a multimillionaire. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, for real. But, um, I would stick with anywhere between the three and the $10 pack, depending on, on what it was. Cause, um, Tony, he, he knew what was in each one of the packs and he had them, uh, color coded on the top. He had like a little tab for red, for, uh, Marvel blue for DC black for dark horse and, uh, green for, um, detective comics. Even though detective comics was, what turned into DC, DC but yeah, but no, I, yeah, no, I, I know. I was gonna say because my my comic book store, my local one when I was in my hometown, uh, was the same way. But they also uh-huh. would have a uh, like a a twelve dollar pack, but they would also have like different ratings. Like this is for the teen audience, and this is for yeah. adults, like the more graphic ones. Uh, and fucking oh my god, I loved those deals because they also introduced you to like new ones. Yeah. Cause I, I, I would either go for, uh, cause way back then I would, I would always go for like the blue, the red or the black because I didn't, my, my, my friggin' six, seven, eight year old brain didn't know detective comics is DC. So I was like, why would I pick a, a third rate knockoff of like old, old school Batman comic books when I can just get the new school Batman? Ha ha ha. Dumbass. Those comic books are worth money. <laughs> but we don't think about that back in the day. I mean, there's a lot of things I'm yeah. sure we had that are worth bank today. <laughs> oh, dude, I had I actually had a uh, legit first edition copy of the first Hulk comic book. When he was great. Uh, I think if I were able to find it or like bring something back from the past, I had the original, I probably wouldn't even sell it as much money as it worth. I had the original 151. What's the little fucking uh, promo code or promo card that you got for seeing Pokemon, the first movie. All yeah. of those were first edition. I had the full set and then I had the first two sets of Digimon all first edition. And I used to fucking have them all in my card holder. Um, and yeah, if I found anything like that, I'd keep that, but I would not sell that thing. Cause that was like such no. a fucking keepsake. I, um, I got what, what, what kids, what kids today, what kids today call a God Let's rare. I, I, I hate to say it like that, but it's, it's, it's what's new. Cause back then we just called it a rare pack opening. I got three holographic first edition Charizards. 
that are worth $250,000 in one pack. And here's, and here's the funny part. You remember the old artistic Pikachu that didn't look like the Pikachu that was on TV on, I, I got that card in the pack. And then I got a first edition ditto card that was also holographic in that pack. And I traded two of those Charizards for a Mewtwo and a Dragonite, both of them first edition holographic. I was going to say, yeah, looking back now, yeah, we were dumb. I mean, I remember my brother, had, my brother and sister had cards that uh, we kind of bought together and stuff like that. But I gave away a lot of them and mm-hmm. they were like some of the original Marvel cards that would just come out that you would. They, we had full sets of these things that we had duplicates on. So I was getting rid of the duplicates and stuff. And my brother fucking yelled at me one day. He's like, what the fuck are our cards? And I was like, I've been you know giving away at school. And he's like, these are full sets that you're fucking up right now. I didn't know back then, but, yeah. But he was planning for that future because he knew he he already learned from like my grandparents, my parents, and stuff like that with like either coins or obviously like toys and stuff like that. Some of them are baseball items or whatnot. Yeah. Um. So when my brother did that, I started doing that with Pokemon and so on and so forth. So it's just funny how like that cookie crumbles where you're like you don't realize it, but you do in some ways, and then like, yeah, you lose them throughout oh. your childhood, obviously. And then like when you look back on, you're like, I remember having like five of that one card and everyone said it was so rare or whatever and mm-hmm. I'm... <sighs> and and what what's uh what's actually like really funny is um when it comes to like marvel and, and dc movies and stuff like that if i go see it with a group of friends or, or something like that i'm the i'm the resident you're the resident yeah, informer who is that what's yeah. that what's going on yeah they're like who is that and i'm like sitting there and i'm like i'm trying to think they're like uh what was what was the movie i went and seen eternals not good by the way i saw what they tried to do but they mashed like yeah no, several storylines together it yeah, was i was so not bad. happy with that no i was looking for that one too the same thing with uh fucking inhumans but yeah yeah at, at the end at the end of it my my friend looks over at me and he goes who, who is that? What's the significance of that sword? And I'm sitting there staring at it. And spoiler warning for the for the post credit scene. I was like, he's the Black Knight. And my friend looks at me and goes, who? I was like, he's one of my favorite uh, Marvel stories. Like, I don't like him as a character because he's kind of a douche in my personal opinion. Fucking uh, Hank Star Pym. Fox. Or, oh, yeah. Hank Pym. Hank Pym as well. Like Hank Pym. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's a cool yeah. superhero and all that. Ant Man's great and blah, 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 blah. But like, a lot of his arcs is like, man, dude, fucking Hank and then Scott, pretty big dicks. Yeah, and not and not in like the not in like the the way that freaking uh, Paul Rudd makes him out to be, to where he's like, haha, I'm sarcastic and funny and lovable. No, it's like, hey, I shrank an entire universe and then destroyed it by accident on purpose. Oops, you're like, hey, I accidentally got too drunk and beat my wife again. <laughs> Whoops. Stop yeah, like. like <laughs> Like, oh, hey, by the way, you remember how I told you? Do you remember Wasp, how I told you how your mom accidentally shrunk herself too small? I did that. That was a test on how small I could make it. Uh, sorry. We don't, don't know what happened. Yeah. 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 It, like, oh. it, it is definitely different, but I, I do appreciate what they're bringing. They're bringing a lot of new fans and so on and so forth to the comics. But I feel like what the problem that I have with it as well is the fact that like they're doing them an injustice by mashing these stories because yeah. like, they're actually reading like actual story arcs. Like, well, when's this going to happen? <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, I do and I don't appreciate what they're doing for the new comic book world for the new comic book fans. And it's not it has nothing to do with any of what everybody else is pissed off about but it's these it's these people that are like well in the movie it's like dude no 
you can't you're going you outside can't. the source material because right? yeah. a lot of people only know the mcu and that's when that's where i do like have a problem with it at times because it's mm-hmm. like they, they speak from the mcu being the one true all it's like dude these were literally years before this was even a thought <laughs> yeah like uh what was it i got into um it wasn't it was an argument it was more like a very passionate debate because um a friend of mine he became a Captain Marvel fan, which I personally don't like Captain Marvel um, just for the simple fact that she doesn't I have love a- Ms. Marvel before Ms. Captain Marvel. Marvel. But yeah, I, I yeah, even the, I like the movie for what it was. But like, yeah, as a comic book stand, there's very, very few arcs with Captain Marvel that yeah. I appreciate and, and male and female version. Yeah. And what he's what he said, like it irked me. He goes, well, Captain Marvel's the strongest Avenger. I said, hold and stop. Stop right there. I said, Captain Marvel got her ass handed to her by Gladiator, by Sentry, and by the Blue Marvel. I said, do you know who's beaten all three of them? He goes, no, who? I said, Hulk. Hulk has beaten all three of them. I said, do you know who's beaten the Hulk without without any any specialty he goes who i said a very pissed off thor he didn't even use mjolnir for that fight and it wasn't like Worldbreaker hulk which Worldbreaker hulk was That's a whole other breed yeah like i said yeah. also one of the things i always think it was like uh stanley and jack kirby says like who or i think i remember stanley is the one saying it for sure though uh was uh who's going to win or how does it turn out? It's like, however the writer wants it to turn out. So it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter. The comic book code, the good guys always got to win. That's like the one unfortunate thing that I do hate, but I do appreciate because it's like, you already know how it's going to, like, it's, how does it get to that end is the biggest thing. Yeah. Cause they do and, a really good way of storytelling, especially in a lot of like the eighties and nineties arcs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like are some of the best, but yeah, especially with comic book worlds now too, it's unfortunately dying again. And it's really sad to I, say. <laughs> I I'm I'm one of the few people that did not like Crisis on Infinite Earths. I did not like that 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 crisis. It's fifty fifty for me. There's some spots out of yeah. it that I got that I, I appreciated, yeah. but no, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, because I mean, like, I mean, yeah, we got the new fifty two shortly after, which I I dig I dig I did like the new fifty two. Um, I and then, like how they modernized a lot of the new 52. That's what I really, yeah. really appreciate it, especially with Superman, like, because he's such a stagnant fucking character. Yeah, he's like, oh, I stand for justice in the American, the, the truth, honor, justice in the American way. And then, like, new 52 happens, and you're like, they killed Lois Lane. And you're like, oh, yeah, by the way, that's an Elseworld story, which, like, you're like, uh, uh wait a minute <laughs> and you get storylines yeah. like injustice and stuff like that but i one, love the injustice storyline <laughs> there is there is one version of, of marvel that i actually really really love um and it's a horror aspect of marvel dc has it too it's the dark multiverse and i'm reading through that right now there's so many stories there's ones about batman all the all the bat all the batman from the dark universe uh the blue beetle has, yeah yeah and it's telling it's there's a whole mini series from bat metal which is the main which is the main series that they or the main crisis that they just came out with and in that they have a bunch of mini stories of different superheroes that are in this dark multiverse that did that just did one thing different 
than they did in a previous story that was already in the thing and now you're like this is yeah, how they just this is the place. <laughs> and you're like oh my god the blue beetle's evil because he used brother i after bruce wayne told him not to and now he's sitting here letting brother i take him over while he assimilates all of the justice league members into this evil robotic nanomite thing you're like oh my god but um <laughs> one one group of stories that i really like from marvel that was horror based was uh i can't remember what it was but it was it wasn't the ultimates but it was uh, i fucking hate the ultimates oh my god um, ultimates are 50 50 there's some parts of them that i got that i liked but uh, yeah the majority of the ultimates is fucking terrible oh my yeah God. i i get that i can i can i can i can understand that but um there was a, a a slew of marvel stories of like what would happen if like um peter parker got bit by the radioactive spider in the real world and it turned it turned he didn't turn into spider-man he didn't turn into a giant spider like he did in a couple of the other stories he, spider. He, yeah, man, spider. Sorry. Um, he becomes this like um, fleshy, homeless creature with a flesh eating bacteria or flesh eating virus that he can't cure. Hulk uh, Bruce Banner doesn't become the Hulk. He becomes a giant tumor, a living, living tumor that can't die because he has he still has his regenerative capabilities. And there's just a bunch of stories like that. And I, I read a few of them. I read the Spider-Man one. It was like grim. Um, Then I read the one about Bruce Banner and Charles Xavier is a complete psychopath in this story. He becomes president. He starts locking up mutants. Anybody that's that's considered to be like some form of superhuman entity. He cuts off Quicksilver's arms and legs that way he can't run really fast. He drives the Scarlet Witch crazy with with his mental abilities. I think he imploded Jean Grey's head or someone killed Jean Grey. Yeah, I don't remember. It's, my, my favorite one would be the zombie universe, honestly. That's another good one. Yeah, I like the zombies. That was, uh, we, we actually got one of my favorite canonized Deadpool, and that was Headpool, where he's just a little zombie head with a little yeah. flying beanie thing. And I was just like, I, I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was a really messed up story. Oh my god! And see, this is what I love. Like, this is why I thought this would be a good idea because it allows us to go through like memory lane for one and two. Like, that show the things that like really piqued our interest with like comic books, movies, and games. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's refreshing going down this memory lane, but at the same time, it's like you don't realize how much you have still here in front of us now. But like, yeah, just seeing where it came from is just always my favorite thing. Like yeah, early early horror comics, movies, video games, and then seeing where we're at now, it's like, oh my god, such a beautiful time, such a great time. One one thing I will always defend is uh, Scott McFarland's um, Spawn comic books and his show that aired on HBO back in the nineties. I loved that just for the simple fact of how like it, it was like I loved I loved the live action movie with uh, Michael J. White, but the comic the the first three comic books i read and the mini series that came out on hbo hold a special place in my heart because oh, that's what really made oh. me like like it, it, this is going to sound weird but that's what really made me like horror because of the simple fact that um the the one scene where he stops the the guy from trying to kill his ex-wife mm-hmm. and 
he just snatches him up into the tree and he's like, I will make you regret everything. And like just the way he talks to him and scares him, doesn't kill the guy. He just scares him off. And I'm like, that was like a hardened mercenary. And he just played with his mind. I mm-hmm. love this. Like, I, one of the things that make me love Spawn amongst other things is like, it's one of the few times that like, I love like religious horror aspects. That's why like, I yeah. feel like the conjurings, like, especially biasism with James Wan, the first one, Fair. Uh, but like religious horror is like one of my favorites, even though like, I'm not a very religious person, uh, Same. but they're, they're, they're hit and miss with me very, very much so. But like, I feel like a lot of the good ones that do happen, like hold a special place for me. But the reason why I love spawn that way is because again, it's that like religious aspect for one, but to how violent it was, is just mm-hmm. fantastic. Like I was one of my favorite comics and video games growing up. Uh, and then one of my reasons why I absolutely love Keith David, because like him voicing spawn. So good. So oh, fantastic. Like, like I, I love the fact that Keith David's voice, like he, he voices different characters. Don't get me wrong. Like he voices spawn Goliath, and a bunch of yeah, other characters too. like he I does forgot. a lot of voices uh like uh, he's um goliath from uh gargoyles like there's a mm-hmm. lot that he has done but like anytime i hear his name i only see one of fucking two things i either see him in the thing or he spawn like that's the only yeah. two things for me for me honestly it's the um for me the only two things that i actually see him in is either spawn or gargoyles because his voice just made like his voice is actually what made me love that cartoon because it was like so it, like its presence was so demanding and just like oh, it was yeah. soothing at the same time you're like i can trust that guy <laughs> like, um uh oh my god peter cullen for uh optimus prime is that same feeling yeah and he got he got his inspiration for uh for optimus prime from his brother mm-hmm. yeah no i love that story it's such a fucking heartwarming story it's like oh my god and hearing how he came up with the voice and everything is yeah like this is what i love is like seeing what like shaped your specific taste you can see exactly where it mm-hmm. starts with you know and like it's oh it is it's hard and, sometimes to like talk to some people with it because it seems weird i guess that sounds weird. yeah i was, I was getting ready to say because like a lot of people don't have like a view of like hey what made me like this but like i'm like sitting here we're taking a trip down like nostalgia alley and what what made you like certain aspects of horror what made me like certain aspects of horror and i'm sitting here thinking i'm like oh my god why like why did i not like connect these dots earlier like what made me really like black comedy and made me actually because i'm I, i'm gonna be honest i have a fear of clowns but it's not like it's not like it's not an irrational fear my mom took me it's to a chorophobia yeah, yeah it's not chorophobia where like the sight of clowns immediately makes you want to fucking die yeah, it was um the uh, the story is is that my mom took me to a circus when I was like four or five, something like that, when we had like a little bit of money to spare, you know, like twenty bucks here, twenty bucks there. And mm-hmm. um or and and at the circus, you know, you get your peanuts, you get your popcorn, you get your funnel cake, you go, you watch the you watch the trapeze artists do some stuff and you go ride little buggies and stuff like that. And you watch the lion tamers if they have it. And this is like an old, old Barman, Barnum and Bailey um, circus that came to town. And uh, one of the clowns was making uh, a balloon animal for me. I think it was a giraffe or something. And the balloon popped and it scared me. And he laughed and the way he laughed after it scared me, and it made everybody else laugh it made me afraid of clowns and 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 like i could see that it's an association that like 
really stuck with you and that fear you felt of him being in front of you right then and there is like you associate those noises with that yeah and um to this day like i still get like i mean you know it's ner- it's it's obvious reaction when like somebody pops a balloon for you to be like ah but mm-hmm. um yeah whenever i see clowns i get you know like that same feeling like oh no i'm gonna get laughed at again or i'm, I'm gonna be scared of this guy but when uh, I should have asked before I picked this background. Then I apologize. No, no, no. You're fine. I'm. I'm actually. There's only. There's only two clown. There's only two clowns that I'm not scared of, and that's the uh, killer clowns from outer space, and it. But um, yeah, and and what made me actually watch killer clowns from outer space was when I started to see that you know, hey, I like darker humor, and some of the some of the stuff from freaking killer clowns of outer space just makes me laugh. Like when um. The one guy cranks the box and the jack in the box one pops up. And he's oh, just yeah, sitting there yeah. just doing this and he's like, what the hell? And then just gets snatched up by the other ones and turned into the peak goop. I was just like, ah, you suck. <laughs> because it was more campy. So I, yeah. I understand that one. Yeah, but it's done still so well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's still a great classic. Very it, it really classic. is. And I actually am looking forward to playing the game. Uh, yeah, I did hear about that. I didn't realize how long we were on. <laughs> oh, I did not either. Oh, jeez. But um, we go down memory lane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, I think we, I think we can end it here. What do you think? Oh, yeah, no, I feel like I feel like this is a good one. And yeah. um, we, do you want to make an announcement for the next episode, or would you rather us just wing it and they have to deal with it when we go with the next episode? Um, I guess we, I guess we can announce it. You know, that's not a bad, that's not a bad plan. Cause then we can get, we can probably get more, more people to kind of, you know, hop on. Engage. Yeah, that's true. So what we plan to do for our uh, next episode is we're going to do 13 episodes for this like season, I guess you could say. And, uh, we're going to end it with a very special episode where me and Jimmy are both going to be live and talking with our chat and recording it and telling our like actual real life, either a horror story, superstitious mm-hmm. stories or things that like absolutely scared the fuck out of us. Like I have, yep. uh, I've told one of them, but like I, there's a story very specifically that I haven't told in the recordings. I've told it to yeah. Jimmy on the side though. So like, yeah. And we're going to just engage with everybody. Uh, I feel like if it's something that you would like to be a part of, yeah, we'll uh, definitely like when we post this video, put our links in the the description and we'll edit that video, I guess, with the date that we set and go from there. Yeah. And um, what I what I will do if you don't want to appear in either Mrs. Chat or mine is I leave a little business link that you can anonymously email a story to us that you either experience, know of, uh, read somewhere. Or just want us to talk about and because yeah. um, we decided to do a nostalgia one for us for you know just to be a little a little selfish and give you guys a little backstory about us as as hosts and mm-hmm. um the next one is going to be for you guys it's it's going to be all for you and we're going to be chatting we're going to be talking with our chat live on twitch about it um both mrs channel and mine and then um of course we're also going to be have it, we might we might have a guest or two and then after that oh, we're yeah. alive we can definitely bring some people in i'm pretty sure we can definitely bring irish back for that and have mm-hmm. a good time we can get a bunch of our community in there for sure oh yeah 
Cause I've already, I've already got one, I've already got one submission in the email when uh, I announced, you know, Hey, if you want to send us a scary story, I didn't say when it was going to happen uh, just yet. And um, all that fun stuff, because I wanted it to kind of be a surprise. And it's kind of a, a way for us to say thank you to you guys for listening to us, hanging out with us, commenting, or just, you know, saying hey and everything and it's an actual like one of the reasons why for me like i, I want to get back into editing but i hate editing at the same time is the fact that, like when you post a video i feel like sometimes there's not always enough time to respond to every comment that comes in whereas like when we do this one live we can engage with you then and there and it's a more it feels like a more one-on-one because we're actually dealing with our chats and everybody directly as opposed to just being like this pre-recorded <laughs> yeah and um what, what also makes it a little bit uh I guess you could say better for both of us is that Ms. and myself are not like Ninja Tyler one level streamers. We're smaller streamers with very oh, yeah. decent sized communities. And we get a lot of interaction because a lot of the same people that watch Ms. watch me. A lot of the and same people that watch me. Yeah. We also have like very dedicated people to specifically my stream, specifically to Jimmy's stream. And it's not just like say like, hey, you know, focus on me or focus on him. It's more of like, yeah, this is also another way to blend our communities together to like get everybody else more involved with things, too. Yeah, because anytime that Ms. Because I'm not the type of person that'll just be like, hey, check out my podcast uh, unless, you know, (laughs) otherwise asked. But since me and since this was a collaboration between Ms. and myself, like Miz will talk about it in his stream where I don't have to. And then I'll talk about it in my stream where Miz doesn't have to. And it's just one of those things, but we have a lot of people that are both mutual friends of both of us that will, you know, be like, Hey Jimmy, when's the next episode coming out? Like on their, yeah. on their pod, on their, on their Twitch streams and, and stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh, it's, it'll be out this day on Spotify. And then this day on YouTube and, um, shout out to Grizz. <laughs> Big shout out to Grizzword. And um yeah, like I just I I I I love seeing how friends are doing and talking to friends about their stuff. But um yeah, I've never I'm never one to be like, oh, by the way, I did this today. Ha ha ha. Yeah, like let me do a, a shameless plug right here and focus on me. Like if it was one of those things that like we felt like one of us was taking over on the other, we definitely would have already had that conversation because that's what oh, I yeah. feel like makes it work so much better, is that it's like we'll talk like texting each other or like just like this like when we before we record we go off like on long stories i love it yeah it's so fun <laughs> we'll, we'll, jimmy will tell me like hey video is edited gonna be up at this time and it's like okay and like sometimes i'll be live before that but like, hey guys just so you know you know and it helps out everybody and bringing like everybody together it's just it's it's an experience honestly that i don't think i've ever really even seen happen same as i mean like podcasting is a whole different breed and i've enjoyed the ride that we've had done so far it's been yeah so much because i like it, it was it was kind of a fever dream that just kind of was like no you know no one's gonna no one's gonna want to hear that but here we are sitting at almost 300 downloads and well over a couple hundred views on youtube and i'm just like somebody likes it you know and, and that's that's yeah. more than enough for me and then this being the 12th episode is like Wow, it's already been 12. Yeah. I mean, you know, it hasn't been like every week, like, you know, some of the bigger podcasts, but that's because both Ms. and myself have, have busy lives. But like when we can figure out a date, we we stick to it. We make it happen as best we can. And most of that is on Ms.'s part. 
because I'm forgetful. Yeah, I, I, we trouble well, with me with work and stuff like that. It's always one of those yeah. like, hey, got out late. We'll shoot for this day. But it's like when we actually mm-hmm. like have that solid date done, it's like, hey, I got out early. Do you have time now? Whatever. And it allows us to be able to have our alone time to like talk about, hey, what's the subject we haven't done? And then we just tell stories and talk to each other. And then when we shoot, it's not like we're struggling to be comfortable, be in a relaxed state or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's so natural for us to just move in. Yeah. And what I really love about the fact that I, I started, uh, that I started a podcast with a friend of mine is not just, not just the simple fact that Ms. is a great host and we talk about, co-host, co-host. I'm not the center of attention. It's both of us co-hosts. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I mean, we're both equally hosts. So like, that's, uh, fair. that's fair. Like, um, when we have a, when we have a guest on then we're both co-hosts, you know, I just, I don't like to, that's fair. I don't that's like, fair. I don't like to label it just cause like, it, like I've, it, it just, it, it messes with my ego and not like in the way that it's like, haha, I'm the host. No, it's like, it's more of like, am I overshadowing? Am I being a dick? Am I like yeah. myself out there more? Yeah, no, I know <laughs> what you mean. And that's what I also feel like with us. It's not like, uh, Hey, I need to talk more or you talk too long. Like, let me, yeah. like, let's pause for a sec. Let me, let me get more time or anything. It's like everything you see has just been like, we may have like some edits in here for like pausing and stuff like that for like bathroom breaks or whatever. But yeah. for the most part, it's just straight shot. We start and we don't stop until we're like, Oh fuck, I forgot how long we've been doing or yeah, that's enough. We, we can call it here. Yeah. Like a lot of times what I'll do is like, I'll sit here and I'll check the time and I'll be like, I'll be like, Oh, Hey, by the way, we we've, we've been recording this long and Miz would be like, Oh fuck. And, <laughs> and then and we're just like, okay, happened like this, but like one of those times where it's like, oh, we didn't realize how long we were talking. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it, it like, it, it's not so much as like, um, like Ms. said, like, Hey, you've been talking too long or I've been talking too long or, or anything like that. Cause anytime, like, Anytime I feel like I overstep a boundary, I always let Ms. know, hey, I felt like I've messed up here and Ms. does the same to me. And then both of us are like, what are you talking about? Quit being, quit being silly. And we're just like, I know it's just, I'm stuck in my, it's you know, reassurance to make sure we're not, you know, overstepping bounds between each other in a sense, because yeah. I, I have seen it several times, especially like within smaller communities where. Oh my god! Yeah. When they collab and stuff like that, uh, one person gets it bigger, the other person gets jealous, then starts starts internet drama for no fucking reason. And yeah. like, that's one of the good things I feel like. I don't, I think like the only time like me and Jimmy have ever been mad at each other is like when we steal each other's loot in random games. Like that's about it, and it's like a fun <laughs> hate, not like an actual hate. Yeah, it's like oh, I hate you. You took my helmet. Oh, uh, uh, how do I? Oh, I can't drop it. <laughs> or, or yelling at each other and fucking like DVD. Like get me off the hook. Get me off the hook. <laughs> no don't body block for oh you body block for me <laughs> yeah exactly like it's good good wholesome fun i guess you could say like being yeah. not like actually like hey do we need to have a talk <laughs> yeah like like damn it you messed up here this is what i wanted to talk like it, like ms has equal say in the topics as i do like if i think i have like a really great topic i i always text ms and i'm like hey what if we talk about this and ms would be like i like that what if we add this or what if we tweak it in this way and i'm like Ooh. Or vice versa. It's like, hey, we haven't done something like, you know, folklore and stuff like that. And then like Jim would bring up a lot of folklore that I've like never even heard of. I was like, I'm going to stick to the ones I know. You do yours. And that's why we we also like have that talk of 
what who in some certain situations um mm-hmm. this only happened i think in like four episodes where it was like hey you tell these stories i tell these stories kind of thing and like i think it was like the classic movie monster one uh mm-hmm. the folklore one and like yep. maybe one other i can really think of and i like that way but i also like when we do like what happened today with is just we go down memory lane it's just like story yeah. after story and just subject after subject like so seamlessly and then be like oh fuck we lost track of time <laughs> yeah like i like because i knew mrs experience were going to be different than mine in a lot of ways but uh, we were also going to share a lot of similarities, similarities. Just, for some, just for a simple fact we're from the same generation so we experienced a lot of the same uh generational uh, i guess you could say hardships whatever you want to call it as far as experiences, like experiences i would say more than anything experiences like, yeah maybe like let's say different points that happened for me in seventh grade happened for jimmy in like ninth grade or vice versa or some other shit but it's like we have that same experience in one way shape form or another it's like very refreshing that's what i love about today's age is like you can connect with people like this without mm-hmm. ever meeting them and still have that shared experience and you're not feeling like that loser or weirdo like maybe it was just me and then like you find all these other people it's like no dude i fuck, fuck about the same way it's like oh my god thank you <laughs> yeah when i when I figure out the name of that, because Bear told me the name, Bear told me the name of that freaking anime at one point in time. But as soon as I find the name of that anime again, I'm going to let you know about it because it's a, it came out be, again before Adult Swim and really before the real big boom of anime was like, like the show and jumps that came out for our generation. Yeah, I, I yeah. know there was a lot of them because that's like I didn't even know about like Fist of the North Star for the longest time. Oh, dude, uh, that, that show is so it's so good, but so funny at the same time for me, because he's just like, I'm going to punch you one time right here and your head's going to explode. And I was just like. Yeah. Or like uh, <laughs> one that I also used to is like, I really did grow up with like the show and jumps, the fucking uh, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, Gundam, Big O, Zoids, all that stuff. But then like, it, I didn't realize how much that overshadowed like other animes. Like I didn't know about Berserk for the longest time. And then when I found that, it was like, oh my God, where has this been all my life? Yeah. And now, uh, now that the, the initial author has passed away, someone, someone who was under his tutelage as far as like, uh, drawing story writing and all that fun stuff is taking the mantle and um is continuing the story in his memory and i'm like i'm excited for the new chapters but how are they going to end the story because where they're at in the in the story is a very pivotal yeah uh, it's a very pivotal point (laughs) and i'm just like oh my god (laughs) but i'm like, like I'm, I'm really, uh, I can't say, I say this all the time and I can't say this enough. I'm really happy. I met Ms. Just for the simple Same. fact that, um, Ms. took me out of my little comfort zone and helped me to kind of be, I hate to use this term content creator uh, oh, personality yeah. that I am now online. And it did it, like it, I'm still comfortable. I'm still comfortable. But now I'm more comfortable talking to the camera and to people online. Whereas like when I first started, I was just like, I don't know who to be. Like, how am I supposed to act and so on and so forth. So the thing is, like I've always told everybody is just be yourself. I know it's easier said than done, but it's like I I remember when I first started, I, I feel like honestly, like I remember helping out so many friends starting out when they streamed that more of my viewers would leave me and go to them more. And the first thing that popped in my head when I first saw that happen, I was like, did I do something wrong? And then it was just, no, they're putting out better content or anything like that. So like, I love seeing like anybody that I helped out or was even like a relation with, like 
there are times where I'm streaming and I still get like maybe two people in. Sometimes I get more, but it's like, I always look at yours and you're like, at, you're like at six and higher consistently. I'm like, dude, fucking let's go, Jimmy. I see a Grizz is another one. I remember when he first yeah. started out uh, very, very like minimal, but like, look at where he's at now. He's doing so fucking good. Uh, yeah. Him with Source Gaming, him and Yellow Mask doing really well. Um, fucking seeing just a lot of the people that I first met seeing where they are now. I, I'm so happy to see where they've come from, you know? <laughs> Yeah. And, it, and honestly, it was just kind of like a, a, a push. I want to say a push in the right, uh, not just mu- not, not so much a push in the right direction, but it was like, Hey, there's not really a trick to it. Just be you and you're going to attract yeah. like-minded people. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> being, being your raw self, I feel like is more justified. Cause like I, I feel like a lot of Twitch streamers really did a lot more of the uh, YouTube style in the very beginnings. And like, look at them now, they're being more genuine and stuff. And that, that's what a lot of people connect with. But like when you look at edited YouTube videos and stuff, that's how you expect them to be all the time. But when you watch them live again, there's a lot of dead air in some spots and there's stuff that is just silence and it happens. But like, I yeah. love that the media interaction. That's why I love like the, the, the live streaming content more recently than anything is because it's direct uh, communication as opposed to I have to wait for them to upload their video, write a comment and hope they see it kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and um, if you actually look at our comments on YouTube, I try to respond to as many as, as I can. And then I tell Ms. Hey, I responded to this comment this way. I put this in there or he goes through and he reads them because I don't, and I don't like sign in and throw in my two cents. I'll put like put underneath it or whatever. It, it's a fantastic, fantastic dynamic that we have, like being able to communicate that well with each other without having it to be like, all right, Jimmy, I'm just here to record by never not happening on anything else or blah, blah, blah. And just dipping out. Yeah. And I, and I honestly think that, um, if, I hadn't done this podcast with Miz. I don't think that it would have happened in all honesty. And that's not because that's not just simply for the fact of the type of person that Miz is, or I am. It's just that doing this by yourself without a, without a host, co-host, a, a guest, anything like that, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Help in it, general. It just, it feels very one-sided because I can sit here all day and just be like, oh, well, these are the movies that I watched over this weekend. This is why I like this one. And, you know, and then everyone's going to be like, oh, well, when is he going to get a guest on there? When is he going to have another personality that's like, hey, what what did you think about it like this? And you're just like, huh. Or also on the sense too, when it comes to like that solo content, it's like you, you have to almost like be like how certain tiktokers or like uh bigger channels are where it's like you have to break down this entire thing and show how much you actually know about insert this one movie and it's a lot harder trying to do that content and and i and i can attest to that because um doing doing solo content for me it requires so much research because i i learned how to say certain words that aren't native to the english tongue or any of the other languages that i do that i do speak somewhat and I'm like, I'm doing investigative research on the background of it, where it originated, who told it first and what made, what did X, Y, and Z contribute to this. And, uh, and I feel like if I did that with movies, I would drive myself insane because if I gave like a full breakdown of the thing, I might as well just turn on the director commentary in the background and then just mouth the words as they, yeah, just yeah. mouth the words as they say it. <laughs> <laughs> and as you see right here, we use a prosthetic and I'm just sitting here just. 
yeah it, it's it's a different breed and like always having someone like even still just like as small as it sounds like just be there is like mountains of help yes because honestly i think that while our first episode may not have been our best yet if you go through and i'm not saying that you have to watch every single one in yeah like if you yeah if you do great and if you like a certain one more than any of the other ones that is perfectly fine Mm -hmm. but if you go through and you watch like where me and mrs comfort level went from like here which is like you know normal for us to what i consider now here where it's like i'm feeding off and mrs energy mrs feeding off my energy and we're just rolling with it i feel like it's like gotten so much better because now even when we play games we're talking like certain things and certain aspects of like what we've talked about in previous episodes and we're like hey you know oh, i yeah. didn't think about this initially and we're like ah <laughs> it's like also another way for us to kind of like re not revisit but like also go back to some of the ones that were like hey we didn't have enough time for this we could still continue off of this like with folklore and some of the mm-hmm. other ones and or like continue like again we could do like almost i would say like every like fifth like let's say we do like three seasons of this guys and let's say like every fifth episode we could do like upcoming movies because we don't know how long this can go and consistently keep this going it's just yeah having someone that you'd have that comfort and trust with is amazing and it's so hard to find i'm so happy that like me and jimmy like met and like literally felt like we knew each other for years after like what a month (laughs) yeah if even that like it's it's really it like it's easy for me to make friends but it's hard for me to make friends that last long because Mm -hmm. uh normally uh, i i i I rub some people the wrong way or or me and them just have a falling out it's not like a disagreement on one party or the other it's just like hey i'm doing this now you're doing that my schedule doesn't really line up to where we can do this anymore and it's like okay that's fine and just drop out of contact i mean i can say that with like several like even streamers just still stream today that that's happened with and it's just not mm-hmm. like again malicious intent or being like hey fuck you it's more of just <laughs> life happens and things change that's literally yeah. all it is like when uh when whenever Miz happens to move from where he's moving from to where he's moving to we're probably going to be on a, a brief hiatus uh don't know how long that's going to be i don't want to throw anything out there but I'm willing to ride this train till the friggin' wheels fall off. With yeah, as, long. And, so and as long as we're on the track, and even when we're off the track, I'll still be there. <laughs> I, I don't think we've had much of a track. <laughs> we're building it as we go. <laughs> yeah, it's just like put put down put. Are you, are you putting in the spike? Okay, you're putting in the spikes. <laughs> yeah. Do we have the cross railings? Uh, we'll think about that later. <laughs> uh, uh, it's like the episode of Tom and Jerry where he's on the toy train, just laying down the tracks as he goes yeah exactly best thing best thing i i couldn't have asked a better person to like be doing this with i i was so happy when you said that you wanted to do this i cannot stress that enough this is uh i guess you could say this is a, a thank you episode to Miz from me and, and i feel it's the same to you in the sense of like jimmy came to me with this idea and i was like i love talking horror and everything like that i, I absolutely am down for this but i also felt like hey what if i'm considered or like this is like my irrational fear of like coming off as like snobby or knowing it all or like you know 
stupid shit like that and sounding like yeah, i'm trying same. to be too into my head i'm saying too much of like i actually see you know uh this is why this movie is superior and i know it comes off that way to a lot of people and i try not to but like it's so natural just to like gush about the things we love yes. with each other without feeling like oh god let's talk about this again <laughs> yeah, and, and and what i find actually really funny is that i didn't I knew that me and Miz had similar tastes in certain things like 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 uh, genres of movies, horror movies and, and certain types of music. And like when we started talking about like uh, other movies rolling off, like uh, like my disdain for certain saws are the exact same ones that Miz has. And that's not because it's like, hey, you know, let's be very similar. But it's like because like when he made the argument of why uh, certain saws were were bad. And then like I went back and, and thought about it. I was like uh huh you know different povs and it works both ways because it's a group effort and it's not again mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you gotta agree with me i gotta agree with you or anything like that it's oh yeah genuine <laughs> the, the 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 biggest example of like genuine understanding that me and ms both have is uh when we did our ranking episode last episode on yeah. m night Shyamalan because ms wanted to put him in the horror master i wanted to put him in the hit or miss but we both kind of like met in the middle at becoming a master because i feel even though he's done way more misses than hits with me personally i feel like he still has room to grow and ms made that point and i was like what? yeah okay yeah becoming a master i am comfortable with him there yeah and, and part of that healthy discussion <laughs> yeah and, and it's never been like oh your 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 opinion is 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 your opinion but it's wrong like we may make yeah. that joke but it's not serious i know <laughs> I, like i just fucking crystal cracks because even like when i'm with uh dragon and iris that still comes up sometimes like oh boy something this doesn't like who would have seen that happening because <laughs> <laughs> if if you guys didn't know this by now miz is not a big pop culture fan and and um I guess you'd say a favoritism fan, like what everybody else is on board of. Miz is like, I'll check it out later. It's okay. I'm very skeptical and I usually don't jump on the hype train because I hate when someone's like hyping something up and then you watch like the first two episodes of like whatever show is that and you're like, yeah, this seems pretty stupid. Everyone shits on you like, oh, you just don't have good taste. It's like, yeah, okay. Well, that That's my problem. <laughs> yeah, it's it, my taste is the issue here. No. Not the fact that they they introduced a new actor in, in the second episode as the main character. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's very specific things for me that why I don't like certain things. But like, I also know like I beat that dead horse in some senses. But mm-hmm. again, I'm also the kind of person that's like, if there is something I love a lot, like I will use like Ridley Scott or like the Alien franchise and stuff like that. Like I, I will praise that. And like my ears, someone's like, oh, I don't like that. It's like, you know what? That's fair. Fine. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not going to sit there and try and force you to like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. I will. I like I'm the type of person that if you say you don't like something, I will make suggestions in the areas that I think if I know you well enough, that is, I will mm-hmm. make some suggestions in the areas that I think you might like. Whereas like uh, I told Miz about the anime another, uh, I think like once or twice before today's episode. But mm-hmm. um, the reason why I praise that anime so, so much isn't because it was like groundbreaking and what it did but because of the fact that it was like uh cabin fever and final destination make an anime baby and i was just like i think you know when me and miz first started talking about um final destination way back when we first met because i was uh i think he brought it up 
And I was like, oh yeah, I love Final Destination. And then we just, it just, it just steamrolled from there. But um, when I watched another, like this was many, 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 many years ago, back in like 2014, 13. And um, I just recently rewatched it not too long ago. And I was like, Miz would like this. This is right up Miz's alley. Cause I, if I, if nine times out of 10, if I know you well enough and I watch something that you like, even if I don't like it, I'm going to be like, Hey, listen, this is what I didn't like about it and try and keep it as spoiler free as possible. Mm-hmm. And then just suggest it to you. Be like, here you go. Here it is. Yeah. <laughs> all it takes is suggestion. I mean, like it's one of the few things like there's certain movies that like I immediately see. I'm like, I'm not going to go to see it. Just see that. I'll wait for it to be on streaming and or games or whatever. And then yep. I watch it. And it's like, yeah, I probably should have seen it. It was pretty good. I should have seen it in theaters. Like, Again, like crawls one that I wish we had seen in yeah. theaters after my wife had told me about it. I was like, hmm, yeah, that one would have been a good one. <laughs> one that I actually really wish I had seen in theaters that uh, like falls in the same category for me and same director, oddly enough, was Mirrors. Because I saw mm. that on DVD or Blu-ray at a friend's house. And I missed it in theaters by like four or five months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, that also sucks sometimes, too, is when that happens. but. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You're just like, damn it. The, the, it's like, I'm, I also miss like going back to nostalgia one last time. I miss midnight premieres. <laughs> oh my God. Those are so much fun. Like, cause they continued that up into the mid or no, excuse me, early 2010s. And, uh, one of the last midnight premieres I caught was insidious in, in Richmond, Virginia. One of the last ones that I can say probably like in more recent years, I guess, was probably still high school for me. I think it was like when Family Opera came to theaters. And oh, yeah. that was like one of the last times I really remember like a midnight showing, lying out the parking lot kind of thing, wrapping around the building. Like, dude, this is what midnight premieres were all about. I miss oh, yeah. Like Nowadays, I'm like, you know, <laughs> pardon my age, but there are times now where I'm like, man, can I even watch a movie at midnight anymore? <laughs> Yeah, like uh, one thing uh, continuing off of the same nostalgia, honestly, was what I really loved about midnight premieres is that every theater in the cinema had the exact same movie showing, but you it always started at friggin' eleven fifty five and worked its all the way up to like I think the last one was like a one thirty for mine, and I know everybody else's was different, but. I loved like catching the middle showing at like 12, 10, 12, 15, and then getting out at like one thirty Cause that was like mm-hmm. prime time to where you were like, I'm walking out into this parking lot dark and I just watched a scary movie. I'm the dumbass. <laughs> yeah. I also loved like, it was one of those, like, I guess you could also go back to like the high school drama and sense. So it's like, you know, did you see this movie at the midnight premiere? No, I didn't. How was it? Oh, and you get to be the person that gets to tell everyone if the movie's good or not. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you were like, you would, you would show up to school the next day and just be so tired if it was like, if it showed on like a Saturday or Sunday and then you're like, you're like, why do you look so tired? Oh, cause I saw such and such at, at the, at the theater and it was last like, night. <laughs> everyone's like, Oh, how was it? And you're like, Oh, that's pretty good. You should go see it. And then like, you were like the hype train behind said movie and everyone was like oh i liked it oh it sucked oh jimmy was wrong oh miz was wrong oh i loved it thank you Miz." 
and that's also where like for me where i when i started hearing like oh this movie's fantastic this movie's fantastic i'm like mm, i don't trust your judgment <laughs> what, what kind yeah of movies do you like like what's your main genre of movies to focus on oh i like storytelling ones and it's a horror movie i don't really trust your opinion because <laughs> i know yeah. horror movie plots are not always the best <laughs> and you're gonna I, probably your shit on it or say it was like some good writing and i'm gonna go in there expecting a good horror movie and i get shit prime example i always use is it follows yeah I, I i can agree to that because like everyone every, that movie was so hyped up and when it actually came out i was just like that's it <laughs> not really scary to me like oh no it's approaching me at a slow pace let me just walk that way yeah exactly it wasn't my style i could see how i can put myself in the mindset like i could see how this is scary or, or whatever mm-hmm. but like me like as a rolling is like I, I hated that movie i thought it was such a fucking waste yeah and i think i i feel like if they would have changed certain aspects of it it could have been way scarier instead of it oh yeah there's so many aspects they could have definitely changed to make that movie like very very terrifying i just felt mm-hmm. like they made it too teeny boppy and safe and it was like yeah very, like just it wasn't my horror it was the same thing with like uh, in the earth it was a very like nature horror and it was yeah. one that was like i don't know how i feel about this but it wasn't like a good one like i it, yeah. it's definitely a movie <laughs> yeah it's definitely a movie <laughs> but um i'd have to say yeah I, can, I get that and i think i think a lot of the horror around that time frame was kind of like a, a hit or miss style for me yeah. i mean we had some good ones we did but at the same time we had a lot of ones that were kind of like and then yeah really bad we either loved or hated there was no in between it wasn't like it was yeah. okay it was like no this movie sucked or oh, this movie's great <laughs> yeah because around the same time the babadook came out and i like aspects of the babadook i don't like how it ended it's like yeah same like we've had that conversation before and it's like how like hereditary and midsummer are almost like the same thing but like i hated midsummer but i loved hereditary <laughs> Yeah, I, I did not like. Right. I loved. I loved Midsummer. I hated Hereditary. That's what yeah, I was. I was, gonna, I was getting ready to say I'm. The, I'm the opposite. I did not like Hereditary, but I kind of like Midsummer. Like a lot of people gave it shit, but I'm like, I don't know what bad. it was about Midsummer. I absolutely loved that movie. I, there's something about that movie that I don't know if it's like that culty feel or like the the Swedish background of it or something. Like that. I don't know what it is, but there's something about yeah. that movie that just I I fell in love with it almost immediately. Yeah, like I've I've heard I've heard a lot of people a lot of a lot of the reasons why or the reason why a lot of people didn't like it was because of the scripting and I didn't really have a problem with the scripting I thought it was actually pretty decent. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with it either. I I thought like I guess some parts where it's like you know like this is a little like out there in some spots. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I yeah. thought it was still like very like culty feel. Like it felt very very good. Like I thought mm-hmm. it was really really like believable. And like I said, nine times out of ten, like more like real horror feeling like that. Like something hey, that could happen it terrifies me more than anything. Yeah, honestly, that's what actually made me kind of like um uh I, I've said the name so many times, Cabin Fever. Like mm-hmm. you know that was kind of like a a. A virus outbreak movie whereas like in in like a contained area and you're just sitting there and you're like how would i react in that situation like what makes that so much worse is the fact that you're like i can kind of see something like that happening <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's terrifying it's a terrifying thought like i said like that's why again last house on the left always sticks with me both the original and the remake because it's like 
that's a very real like raw one where it's like yeah this uh, could happen or has happened or you know it just makes you feel like disgusted and again that's what i like about them but i hate about them because they're too real but i love that because it's like oh my god this is so unnerving or oh it's just so good you're just like sitting there and you're like uh yeah that's terrifying (laughs) yeah you're just questioning like almost everything because it -hmm. it feels too real (laughs) yeah and you're like i feel like they push some limits right about here rest of that yeah yeah. (laughs) i I could deal with this i can deal with this but this very specific like minute and 14 seconds I kind of wish I had erased from my memory. <laughs> hey, how do I scrub my eyeballs safely with bleach? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But oh. I, I, I feel that. But yeah, um, this is definitely a, a thank you to you guys and to Jimmy and for having me here. Like I'm, I, I'm honored and I appreciate everything. <laughs> and this is this is I, I I have to say this is a thank you from me to Miz and you guys as well for being with us through the ride even if you started after whatever episode and started watching all of them because you liked certain aspects that we were talking about what have you as long as first episode (laughs) yeah like even 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 now if you guys enjoyed any part of anything that we've talked about i appreciate you Ms. Ms. appreciates you just for the simple fact that we like to entertain people we like to make people think we like to make people laugh we like to make people smile and the fact that our genuine audience like we actually care about it like i understand like a lot of people say that and a lot of people uh fluff that up a lot but it's like i feel like engaging with the community nine times out of ten is way more important than whatever the fuck is on the screen or whatever Mm -hmm. i'm playing or whatever we're talking about because like without you guys this is nothing (laughs) yeah because even even if we only have like like take the number take the numbers away take it take everything that we've done thus far away take it back to square one for me personally it's as long as one person enjoys it mm-hmm. other than myself other than Miz, because i hate hearing my own voice that is more than enough for me yeah if one person finds it entertaining that's all that's worth it more people join that better but we're not like demanding it or asking it just like if one person is enjoying the ride so far this ride will keep going <laughs> it's not like subscriber else like no <laughs> no yeah no exactly it's like the genuine like thank you like mm-hmm. if you're the one person on that one video that has like one view or whether you're one of the many that's in the 20s 30s or whatever every single one matters and we appreciate everything you guys do for us <laughs> Yeah, for whether you're the first view or the last, we, we 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 appreciate you all equally. And that's like a parent saying, like, I don't have a favorite kid. No, I, like genuinely. Thank you for us. Genuinely. Yes. Thank you. It's a big thing. And you'll meet a lot of new people if you guys end up do coming to like our live streams and stuff. And like some of our mods definitely are like some of the most welcoming people in our communities. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, they they will they will make sure that you feel right at home, whatever you're whatever you, you know, how you, how, if you, if you like, even from Ms, myself and a bunch of our friends, we don't care if you're a lurker, a chatter, whomever, as long as you're enjoying us or enjoying whatever we're doing, that's more than enough for either one of us. If you're willing to sit there and have our audio on and just deal with us, that's more than enough. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I love it. It's, it's so good, but, um, genuinely, genuinely, genuinely. Thank you all. Thank you, Ms. 
Um, I got to say, you know, from the first episode to now, my appreciation for the person right next to me, even though he's not right next to me to where I can reach out and grab him is increased and big hug. Oh yeah. And eventually someday, hopefully we'll be able to do one to where I just move this microphone right in between me and Ms. And we can sit here and chat eye to eye. Oh yeah. That, would, and that'd be great. that day is going to be fantastic. I am so looking oh, yeah. forward to that day. That's going to be great. I'll let you pick the background and we just sit here. I'll bring, I'll move the camera back and then for you, we just scoot back and sit in the green screen and just laugh it up. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's going to be a blast. I, I, there's going to be so many videos that are going to come out of that from that visit for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so, so many, visits, so many videos. Speaking of which, have you guys heard about only, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, like honestly, it's, it's been a fun ride thus far. I am excited for what's to come. And I oh, yeah, just, I'm, I'm looking well, forward to when we set our date to have everybody. And it's going to be, it's going to be a fun time. I can't wait. And like I said, having like someone that like you've known for shit, like three years and feel like you've known each other for a long time. It's been like three years, dude. You're right. It has. Yeah. Cause <laughs> it, it doesn't it, feel like it. <laughs> no, it like, it, like the the bond that we the bond that like we instantly kind of like shared you were like hey i was in the army hey i was in the marines and we just started talking about horror like, it was <laughs> it's just it was awesome it's amazing thing i'm so happy oh yeah big time it's been one hell of a ride even though like on the first episode to now like we've kind of spitballed some topics we've done some stuff i've enjoyed every minute of it and i would not change yeah. anything we've done thus far I would the only thing I would change is allowing us enough time and or more time to be doing these. That's if it wasn't yeah. for real fucking life. That's like the only thing I would change. Like, yeah, same. I enjoy every single day we do this. Like I look forward to it. And it's like, hey, when we start today at X, Y, and Z time, hey, I got off early. And we could start sooner, and it just gives us so much more time to like fine tune what we want to do. Yep, and then that that's normally the day. That oddly enough, I've noticed that it. That's normally the days that we don't have a topic. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh shit, we got we sit here and talk for like a couple hours, and then we don't realize we can talk for a couple hours. Okay, let's come up with a subject. And we're like talking the subjects back and forth, and we pick one. It's like, right, and then that's sometimes where you hear us like laughing in the beginning of a video because we like fuck up in the intro or fucking yeah. like mention something stupid right before we hit record, and we're both like trying to fight. Like, it's just like I, I, I wish I would I wish I would have kept uh, all the all the cuts that I made with all the bloopers where I were like, I was like, Hey, welcome to the shit <laughs> and stuff like that. It's all the small things that like, cause what'll happen is I'll, I'll do something stupid. Miz will start laughing, not in a way to like make fun of me, but to be like, that was kind of funny. And I'm just like sitting here and then I start laughing and I'm like, okay, start over. <laughs> And then like, it's like, Hey, we got the shot that we're going to be using as our intro, but it's like, you can still see both of us trying not to like laugh. It's like, okay, we got to get through the intro before we say anything. <laughs> Cause I remember the first episode, we shot that intro four times mm-hmm. because I kept fucking up. <laughs> it was like, it's something we got to get used to. We got, we got, how are we going to do the introduction? It's like, it, it took a while for us to get to where we, we again, comfortably can do this now, but it's, it's still just, it's great seeing, but again, it's only been what two three months but it doesn't even yeah. seem like it's been that long yeah because it's it's been it's been just a little over 100 days i think we're coming up on 120 days so far of the episode so it's been less than less than four months 
it doesn't even seem like it's been that long yeah and i i remember the first episode i was so excited to just get it out there and do everything and and, and now it's just like all right we got a shot get it edited get it get it scheduled to come out boom 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 and we're good for this week and then me and Miz like wednesday thursday rolls around and we're like hey what are we doing for next week <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, let's get a call and we'll talk about it. And then it's like, shit, sometimes it's like, hey, let's record the episode now because we're talking about it. We have the time. Or it's like, hey, we're playing games for the next couple of days. And it's like my work schedule or IRL stuff just in general, storms, Mm -hmm. natural, unfortunately, things like that. And it's like, we get postponed and we forget for like a couple of days. It's like, hey, what would be a good idea to start shooting? And then we start bouncing ideas right then and there and we're back right into it. Because I think. I think Miz came up with the idea for the 13th episode because I, I I passed it by him that I wanted to kind of follow the horror theme and have 13 episodes be kind of like our natural season ender. And when mm-hmm. I told him that we were going to go to 13 episodes, he came up with the idea to make the last episode dedicated to you guys like episode three. <laughs> and I was like, I like it. Because I, I, I felt like the best thing would be one of the best things is including our community in an episode. So that way, uh, it shows how much we actually care about them and wanting to include them as opposed to just being like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to do this, but you guys aren't going to have a voice in it or you're not going to be able to see it or anything like that. It's going to be able to include everybody. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, uh, I like this guy. I don't like that guy. I don't like this guy. It's like, Hey, we genuinely want to hear what anybody wants to put out there, whether it was you living in a haunted house, like as a kid, me experiencing something that freaked you out in a, in a, in a game miz or like somebody that local horror stories like i mean yeah stuff i'll be telling on that stream so i'm not gonna like divulge that here but like the local horror stories and there's like mm-hmm. several supernatural ones around my hometown so yeah like it's just there's ugh. uh there's one that there's one that i'm gonna that i haven't i haven't shared even with miz even with miz i have not shared this story with miz because it, one it's not my story but i heard it from somebody when I was in the Marines and he told me the story and I tried to do research on it and I couldn't find out any information. And anybody that I've asked from that area about that local scary story is like, you don't want to know. And I'm like, uh, you're peaking my curiosity more. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is dangerous. And it, it apparently, apparently it's a very urban legend in that, in that local area. And if you're not from there, you don't know about it. And if you are from there, you know about it, you know, to, not tell not outside it it. (laughs) yeah it's one of those so i will be sharing that story live for the first time with ms everybody um and i will have to reach out to the friend that told me that if i yeah i still have his number i'll reach out to the friend that told me that story and get a quick refresher on like exactly what happened it's it's gonna be great and i can't wait to see you guys there it's gonna be Mm -hmm. fantastic I just again can't say it enough. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm with Miz on this. Thank you all so much. And um, this might sound uh, this might sound weird. Take it how you take it as as uh, invitation from both Miz and myself. Come as you are and enjoy the time that we share. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the best way I can put it. Yep, and yeah. it's gonna be fun nonetheless. Oh hell yeah, and. We look forward to doing this for you guys every time, whether it's one or a million. It's like a, it's going to be the same level of gratitude every time. Oh yeah, and we'll definitely. I I don't know if we'll do the live for like every season, but I feel like if we did do that as a closer, I 
think we could come up with ideas to make that work but it's just i'm yeah. still looking forward to like the new ideas we can come up with how can we change it or update or bring more yeah and we have we are, we already have some stuff planned for next season due to uh, from another fan that actually gave a really good suggestion to me and Miz. no spoilers yet yeah, so I can't talk about those ones yet yeah so uh red tape cross and all that fun stuff next season we already got a few uh subjects to talk about already because these last couple episodes were planned minus this one this one was just kind of off the cuff type of thing ms idea literally literally right before we hit record i'd say maybe like what 15 minutes before yeah because <laughs> we we were already taking a trip down nostalgia nostalgia avenue and you were like hey what if <laughs> i was like i'm listening <laughs> and just this is this episode and I, it's definitely one of our longest ones but like yeah very very good i'm super happy with how this turned out yeah and it's gonna be it's it's gonna i've got to figure out what to do for the thumbnail i might need to borrow a ms face and a my face for this one so totally fine i mean it's either way it's gonna be it's gonna be great oh yeah it's it's gonna be great and again we can't i can't say this enough thank you and i look forward to seeing you guys on the next one See you guys in the next one. Take it easy. (laughs) Bye.